Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 246 for the week of November 17, 2012. This is RPG Gamers Gaming Podcast, where we bring you all the news, our what we've been playing, as well as our feedback. First off, I've got with me from the West Coast, Emmanuel Marino. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? How's it going? How's it going? From the the West Coast, but not currently on the West Coast, Anna Marie Newfeld. Hello. Hello. From like the West Coast, right? <laughs> Quinn's also from the West Coast. From the West Coast of a different country, John Yearwood. I actually live on the South Coast. Ah, from South. Beach. We actually we actually have a South Coast. <laughs> South. He's from Florida. Coast. He's from Florida. So, all right. I am not nearly crazy enough to be from Florida. I have no idea what coast Alex Fuller is from. I'm in the middle. In the middle? Yep. All right. Well, so am there I. I'm in the middle. Stuck in the middle with you. I'm in the, stuck in the middle in Wisconsin. Myself, Chris Privetier. Thanks for joining us this week. Let's jump right into what we've been playing. This is where I'd play funky what you've been playing music if I was a giant bomb. All right. I'm going to lead you off. I've been playing more WoW. I hit level 90. Woo! It goes to 90 now? It goes to 90 now, and I hit it. I hit that stuff and level 90 to all myself. And now there's a bazillion dailies to do. Like a bazillion zillion. What are you playing as? I'm a druid. Human what? Um, I am a tauren right now. Tauren druid. I have been cool. three different races and wow, right now I'm a tauren. And you played through all of the uh, Cataclysm content? Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Fun? Um, well, this was the Pandaria content now. We're in Pandaria. Um, what did I say? Cataclysm. You're right. Uh, the, cata- right. Uh, the Pandaria stuff, I think, is more fun than Cataclysm stuff, which I thought was more fun than the Wrath stuff. They just keep getting better and better. I love right. the Pandaria mis- content. I was thinking Pandas. I actually still have some of it left. Um, they have more than you need to get to 90, and I'm going to keep doing it because it's really cool. Um, loving the quests in this in this expansion. Um, the dailies are a bit overwhelming, so I don't know about how much I'm going to get into that, but I'm about to start doing dungeon running so I can uh, start raiding soon. So. I won't bore you any further with that. Did anyone else play WoW? Let's get it out of our system now. No? Okay. Uh, not this week. All right. Uh, the other thing I did this week is Extra Life Prizes. I sent out a bazillion codes. If you won something in the Extra Life Prize drawing, you either have the code for it now in your email box, check your spam filters, or you got an email asking for your shipping information so we can send it to you. Again, check your spam filters. So if you won something and you didn't get anything, email me at podcast.rpgamer.com. I will look up who needs to contact you, if it's me or Glenn over at PS Nation. Depends on which prize you won, whether or not which one of us is handling it. And we will get you what you need. So just so you know, if you got something digital, I know people are redeeming their codes and they've been telling me thanks and stuff. So I know the emails went out and they got out and so it's, it's going. Uh, what kind of prizes are people winning? People won... <laughs> People won copies of Unchained Blades on PSN, uh, Sista. We uh, had something like 70 prizes in total. Yeah, we have tons of stuff. You can see over at psnation.org, check out their Extra Life page. You can get the full list of prizes that were won and who won them if you want to check that list. Um, yeah, and it, that's, uh, that's where we got it at. And I don't know. Do you really want the list? Oh, no. I was just wondering, like, any cool stuff? Anything, anything stand out? Um, three gig or three G Vitos. Yeah, people win Vitos wow. and stuff. Yeah, that is pretty. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty high scale. Great. So that now you don't have to feel bad that you bought a Vita and you can just play like the one game that comes out a year that you want for it. Mm-hmm. 
All right, Extra Life. So if you go to the psnation.org site, click on the big Extra Life logo thing, and then scroll down to you see the Master Raffle list. That's what you're looking for if you want to see who won. If you want to, so we got codes for Dragon Fantasy on iOS, Reseteer, Chantelise on Steam, Fortune Summoners, both Ease games on Steam, Breath of Death Seven, all the uh, Z-Boyd game stuff, Cladoon, Way of the Samurai Four, Agarest. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Lights Camera Party on PSN, signed Comic Book Men posters, v- Amazon gift cards, PSN gift cards, Plants vs. Zombie tables for Zen Pinball, um, three PlayStation 3G Vitas. Uh, yeah. Man. Actually, you know, that list is slightly if... out of date. Um, I know some of the things are redrawn, but those people were contacted. So anyway. I would have loved to get a Vita or Way of the Samurai 4. I'm curious how that game plays. Mm-hmm. Well, if you are Hannah... Kevin, Sandra, Colin, John, Greg, or Richard, or Brian, you may have won Way of the Samurai 4. So, there you go. Oh my god, that's my middle name! Ah, is that how that works? No. <laughs> right. Manny has continued to hide from the podcast, though he's done a poor job since he's been on the last three episodes. Um, you're still not playing anything, though. Um, I beat Call of Duty Black Ops 2. Oh, you beat the Blops Deuce! But... I can't talk about it yet because I need to pee. So, <laughs> oh, okay, John, what have you been playing? I'll be uh, back. Well, unfortunately, um, this week is uh, my fiance developed uh, kidney stones in the early part, so I'm looking after him for most oh. of the week. Did you just yes. drop some big news like a second ago? Will you go to the bathroom? <laughs> okay. Yes, I, he's just a fiance. We'll I'm take leaving. care That's of it. Big news. Yes. All right. All right. All right. All right. I'll leave. John, you proposed to your, your boyfriend, David, some time ago, correct? Yes, I did. Yes. I don't know if we covered it on the podcast, but Manny's bringing I it up. I think we did. I, I don't know. It's on my Twitter right. feed. Well, congratulations again. Thank you. Yes, congratulations. Yes, no, Go to the bathroom! Fine. <laughs> so I've spent, I've spent most of this week looking after him, including a full day in the local hospital. So Kidney stones uh, are no fun, so I have to ask you, were you able to use your trauma team or trauma center skills to be able to help him? No. No. So those games no. do not prepare you to be a real-life doctor? No. Damn. Uh, that's also because I've never played Trauma Team. Oh, okay. That's why. I, had, I, did do a, I did do a year's worth of radiography training, but that doesn't help either. Mm. So all I, I know just... is you take the Wiimote and you make a star, and it slows down time, and you can get rid of things like kidney stones super fast. Yeah, I don't think that works. Okay. Sorry. Right. However, uh, the one game I played this week is unfortunately an MMO where I've been trying out the uh, recently free-to-play uh, The Old Republic, or the release my account. That's one of our stories this week. The Old Republic went free-to-play. It came out on the 15th, two days ago. Mm-hmm. What's it like? Well, originally, I was quite highly critical of its free-to-play model, um, because it seems as though that uh, the way it was set up was they were going to basically effectively nickel and dime you for a sprint ability, which I thought, hey, that's kind of douchey. Yeah. Um, I realized that basically it's one of those things where I think it's um, uh, similar to a couple of other games that have gone free to play, like City of Heroes, where um, they actually, rather than having the, the two advertised kind of types of player, free and premium, there's a kind of one sort of wedged in the middle where... Um, they kind of activate a couple of things on your account. If you either previously had a subscription under the pay-to-play model, which I did because I bought it, uh, the Old Republic shortly after it came out, right? or you spend the minimum amount of money on the uh, free-to-play shop, which is like $5 or something, and then that basically gives you 
the sprint ability at level one on all your characters. So as far as nickel and diming you for a sprint ability, they only do that if you are one of those people who basically plays a free-to-play game and then never spends any money on it, period. Okay. Throughout all of its like operation, you you spend essentially nothing. All right, so let's let's say you're just getting into it now and you're wanting to get into that middle-class territory. What's the cheapest thing you can buy? I don't know. Oh. I'm just having a look. Okay. Because uh, the thing is, at the moment, is I'm not quite sure what the, um, like, I, I actually don't know what the uh, conversion rate is for money to coin, this oh, kind of okay. thing. Um, okay, I've got it here, but I've only got it in pounds. Ah, we'll take pounds. 450 yeah. coins is three pounds. That's probably five bucks. Probably. Okay. Uh, one one thousand and fifty is six pounds. Two thousand four hundred is twelve pounds, and five thousand five hundred is twenty four pounds. All right, do the do the uh, go to xe dot com and do some uh, currency translations on your own. Yeah, and then just kind of flicking through stuff here. They've got things like uh, one hundred and twenty coins for a three hour twenty five percent exp boost. Uh. Let's have a look. Unlocks. Because a bunch of the stuff is given to you for if you pay, if you continue to pay the standard subscription fee. They just sort of keep stuff. There's still a few things, though, that seems a little bit like kind of really, you know, you're just sort of charging people to that. Mm-hmm. But most of it is stuff like it says, like stuff, um, like the, the weirdest one on here is um, unlock additional quick bar. I mean, come on, really? I mean, admittedly, looking at the the prices here, it's something like one pound fifty buys you a buys you a quick bar, mm. up to a maximum of six. Yeah. But it then notes underneath, and it says subscribers automatically have the maximum number of quick bars. Oh, ah, okay. So it kind of, I don't know. It it seems a little. Hmm. I don't know what the word to use here. It seems. Kind of, if you're sort of looking at it, kind of at face value, it almost seems like, yeah, they're kind of nickel and diming you on a, on a number of things that would otherwise they would otherwise wouldn't. Um, it feels but, very mishmash. Like three different people were assigned to free to play eyes the game, and they each had a different mentality about what should be free and what shouldn't be. You know? Yeah, yeah. It almost feels like that. Um, uh, it's kind of it almost feels like it's kind of too early to form an opinion on it. I would have to let my subscription lapse before I kind of felt like I missed any of it. Because I uh, I basically um, bought a cheap subscription to it like four days before the free to play thing went live. So Where'd I'd you get have that to, from? Uh, sorry. Where'd you get a cheap subscription from? Well, no, I'm just referring to the subscription price as fairly cheap. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, I would have say picked up one of the um, uh, game time cards from uh, one of my local retailers, but they were still being sold for full price. Right, so how much is a subscription for it right now if it's cheap? It's £9, I think it is. Oh. Which is actually cheaper than... Um, God, what's my comparison here? I think um, it's cheaper than my Final Fantasy XI subscription by a pound. Because I pay that in US dollars and that works out to about £10.84. 
Uh, I think it's cheaper than my WoW subscription as well. But that's also because I pay that in US dollars. This eh. is the thing that sort of irked me is, um, I don't know if you noticed this, Chris, but um, I actually got a separate email telling me I had cartel credits for every month that I've been subscribed. I did get that, yes. Okay. That was kind of obnoxious. Why? Because it was like, they were all spaced out. So it was like, I'd get an email saying I had cartel credits, and then 45 minutes later, I'd get another one. And then an hour and a half later, I got another one. They were all spaced out through the day. I'm like, why do I keep getting these? It could be worse. Uh, David got... um, uh, you know those emails that Blizzard sent out uh, when they when your account gets broken into? No, I don't. Basically, there's an email they send out saying that they basically locked your account because of suspicious, suspicious activity. Oh. Um, he got about something like uh, 50 of those or something. Oh, jeez. It's like, it's like every time someone tried or something, it literally sent him another one. Jeez. So it's, it's like somewhere between like 50 and 75 emails just from Blizzard saying... Your account has been locked. Can you do something about it? And then I did something about it, and they sent him another one saying it had been locked again. <laughs> How dare you do something about this, even though we just asked you to. I like it. Uh, you been playing anything else? No, I haven't had the time. Hmm. All right, fair enough. And what well, you've been... Say, I've oh. been, been trying, trying to look after David this week, so... Right, right, no. I, unsurprisingly, have been playing Persona 4 Golden. Yeah, you have. So, (laughs) yeah, I've been playing a lot of it. Um, I have, I think, 80 hours in. Yeah, 80 hours into it at this point. And uh, I managed... So it's like, what, 10 hours left? Um, You're almost done. I am in what is, I think, the final dungeon of Persona 4. Mm-hmm. Um, Golden adds some additional endings, so it may not. Gotcha. One of which I think I got because I've gotten two endings so far. I got um, the catastrophic ending where people die and nothing is resolved. Let's just say you got the bad ending and then the, the not so good ending. ending. Yeah. yeah. So, so wait, so you can keep on playing after you get an ending? No, well, no. I had to go back to my previous save file. They make a very obvious point of saying. You need to save here because things are about to get crazy. Yes. And that's, okay, so that's, you actually have beaten the game then. You roll credits for you know, two of the five endings. It's, it's just like the last one. Like the real ending of the game has a lot more gameplay before you get to it. Yeah. But you can you can get some bad endings earlier on. Yeah. Put it that so way. at this point, I'm now prepping to go through the final dungeon, and we'll see how that goes. Okay. Have fun with that. Yeah. I'm playing it on normal this time, so I'm doing a lot more level grinding than I have in previous Persona games, because I often play it on easy. So. I am actually kind of I actually now kind of inclined to do what uh, Alex is doing and just importing a copy of Persona 4 Golden. Are Vita's region locked? No? No. Right. Huh, okay. It's no, but you have to switch to- memory cards and reset the system. Oh, that's right. Only, yeah, if you want to switch accounts, but yeah. you don't actually need to to play the game. Oh. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I can't, th- uh, can't think of any reason why you'd need to log into PSN to play Persona 4 okay. unless there was some kind of online no. feature. There's a bunch of online stuff. Yeah, there is. Oh, is that? 
Oh, oh yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, you there's just, voice in SOS. Yeah. The, yeah it's really cool to be able to see what other people chose to do at any point. Yeah. It's actually a nice feature. Well, it was super handy because it was like, oh, I haven't unlocked that social link yet. I have to go look into that. So I definitely won't have all my social links maxed by the end of the game. So uh, I will have to play it a second time to uh, to resolve those. I didn't finish Persona 4, so I don't know if um, when you start over, does your max social link stay max? I don't know. Okay. I didn't. I didn't uh, do a restart. From sort of Persona Three, I don't think they do, but you get to. You still get the Persona's unlocks, I think. Right, and you get to keep your um, social stats, right? Yep. Which is which will definitely remove some barriers for social links because mm-hmm. it's like early on yeah. in the game. It's like you don't have enough courage to say that. It's like, oh, but that would make my social link awesome. So. That's what I've been playing, and that's really it. I don't think I've been playing anything else except with my ears. <laughs> I'll put up some pictures. Yeah. So All cute. right. Who's next? Oh, Manny, tell us about Blops Deuce. Well, I have a bunch of stuff for the week. I, I might as well go okay. last because uh, I have quite a few things to talk about. All right, then. Alex, what you been playing? I completed two games. Ooh, completions. We don't usually get those on this show. What did you finish? Uh, I finished Final Fantasy thirteen two. Good, Let's bad? See, which was... Happy about it being over? Um, it entertains me. Enough, did you so. Did you do all the DLC with like the story content and stuff? No. No? Okay. So you need to download the Lightning DLC and stuff. No, I don't. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> don't even care. Okay. No, not really. Wow. For, right, fortunately, I was in, I'm in the state where the ending amused me rather than annoyed me. Alrighty, then. But, How long did uh, you spend at the game? Uh, it looks like it, it was actually about sort of 27 hours. All right. In the end. I think I said 30 hours, but that was sort of a bit wrong in the Last week. Would you recommend it? Yeah. Um, for the price it's at now, yeah. Which is like, what, $20? Yeah, I think. Nice. Yeah. It's worth playing for that. I'm not sure I'd recommend it at full price, but... Uh, it was I bought it at full so. price and I found it fun enough. Oh, yeah. Well, we got all the stuff as well, which I like the stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, that did happen, didn't it? Yeah. Uh Aside from that, I completed a playthrough of Ragnarok Tactics. Okay. That's the DS, right? The DS strategy game? PSP. 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 Wait, Ragnarok? Yep. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what I'm going to do before I review it is actually go back and sort of start playing the new game plus because it's replaying it is sort of a key part of that game because you only get sort of about a third of the story in one playthrough because of the root system so it does actively encourage you to sort of go back play again and sort of look at it from the point of view of the other characters since you are asked to replay it so many times how, how much time did you spend with this first playthrough 15 hours okay and then so I'm sure if you added yeah. up it yeah 
Uh, yeah, it's sort of a good, it's a good length to get the replay in. It was like about twenty five hours, and sort of going. Yeah, not sure of the point in doing that. But I remember you saying it was a little too by the numbers. Did that change at all? Did it? Did it get more interesting? Uh, not particularly, but it's sort of it's got just about enough to get encouraged at least one more playthrough. So uh, enough to not... get you going through the game, but not enough to wow you. Yeah, pretty much. And it's not it's not one of the ones that has the that you get called great at any point. <laughs> but it's entertaining. It's a decent time killer, pretty much. But yeah, I'll have a review up for that at some point next week probably Tuesday Sweet. we look forward to it yeah. so uh, <laughs> hmm alright yeah I look forward to the review I want to know where it sits is it worth getting into or should I just buy John Dark instead strangely John I bought Dark? John Dark yesterday yeah, <laughs> yeah. well I ordered it yesterday it's, like, it's going to take like about a month with PlayStation Plus? oh really well, it was at one point, right? I don't remember that because it's a yeah, PSP game. That wouldn't make sense. They give up PSP games, haven't they? Let's guess. Only minis. Uh, Either way, it can't be more than like ten dollars at this point. I should get. Yeah, it. no, it cost me sort of ten quid, including shipping. <laughs> oh, so you actually got the UMD then? Yeah, because uh, yeah, I'll be importing it because I can't bother to switch account, sort of sort out my US account to actually buy stuff on it. I'm pretty sure you can get on Chris like on PSN for like five to ten dollars. Mm-hmm. So if you want to play it on your Vita, that'd be a good way to go with it. Sure would. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty cool still using my PSP for PSP games. Though. Chris, it would help if I could log into my PSN store on my PS3. It still is not working. Your yeah, PS3 is still not working after a full reset of my system. After a full restore of my system. Um, I'm actually going to, I think today, swap out with the original hard drive I had the system and do a reset on that hard drive to see if there's an issue with my hard drive. Otherwise, I think I broke something when I fixed my Blu-ray lens. How did you, well, did you actually open it up? Oh, yeah. I fixed my Blu-ray lens, cleaned it, um, and so it reads games better, but now I can't get in the PlayStation Store. So what was wrong with your, was it just reading discs too slowly? It wasn't reading discs but one out of ten times that I put them into the system. Gotcha. Um, I did that months ago, but this is the first big issue I've had since then, so I'm assuming... But I've heard other people, like apparently uh, Lucifer had some problems with the update as well, right? Well, his PS3 died. He got (sighs) yellow light of death, so... (sighs) And do you see this happen to me once, and it was a pain to deal with, like, deauthorizing the machine, getting it sent in, getting it fixed... Having to explain to them, no, I need you to, I need my activation. Blah, blah, blah. So what are you going to do? You're going to send it in? It's like 150 bucks, right? Um, I will wait until Anna brings her PS3 down from Vancouver, deauthorize my <laughs> machine, and authorize it all onto hers. Upgrade that machine hard think, drive. So if you ended up having to, to send it in for repair, do you think you just might want to buy the newer PS3s instead? The smaller ones that actually like slide open? Yeah, I wouldn't bother getting it repaired. I mean, they're not even going to send me a 60 gig back anyway. Yeah, at this point they would. It's like 150 get it fixed or something stupid. I'll just well, buy a new one. I know they charge you more for a 60 gig repair at this yeah. point. Yeah. Even like even when mine broke back in like it was maybe two or three years ago, they were charging more for a 60 gig replacement. Were they? So I can't hmm. imagine how much they're charging. They're going to charge now. I, I assume they just won't do it. 
<laughs> You're probably right. At, at this point, if you want to, you're better off just getting a slim PS1. I mean, PS2 for like 99 bucks or less, and then uh, a normal small PS3. Yeah. No, I, I I still have my old PS2, so I could just keep that anyway. Uh, it's 150 oh, for the fully. Had- yeah. He says, yeah, Mastery's have it done twice. Wow. 150 each time. No, thanks. I'll just buy the new Slim because it'll probably last longer anyway. You know, the, the thing I like about the Slim, though, is like, people don't like that it's a, it's a slide open top. Yeah. But I like that because I've had my PS3 dying with a, with a good disc in there. Mm-hmm. And then they had, I, had to send it, I had to send it back just to get the disc out. Well, of yeah, the drive. one of the things that hasn't worked as well since I did the disc repair, um, uh, the lens repair actually, is the uh, slot loader doesn't detect I've got a game in there, so I have to, like, jig a little bit, and then it's, oh, I've got a game, I'll take it. Um, so having the new one with the top loader, I won't have that issue at all. Mm, apparently saying it's 99 for the new version if you want to get that repaired. Yeah. So I'm wondering, Master Chief, if you know, will if Chris says gives him 99 bucks, will you send him a new one instead of an old 60 gig, backwards compatible? Well, we'll have to wait to see. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Hmm. Then again, if I pay 150 my bet... No, I don't need to. I'm going to throw this one out, and we're going to use Anna's, because hers is backwards compatible. All right. I think that's a much better solution. (laughs) You know, I'm at the point now where even if my 360 broke, I don't know if I want to spend the money on a new one, because I feel like the new consoles are so close. But, of course, then that's like another $500 machine that might not even be backwards compatible. I don't know. Anyway... You weren't el- he says something about the original you need the original hard drive to get the backwards compatible one repaired. Hmm. Wow. Sony, Sony, Sony. No guarantee about backwards compatibility. What? Then why does it cost more? What are you paying for then? If they won't guarantee anything, why why are they charging you more? It's just weird. That's awful. I'm not paying I'm not paying extra and not even knowing that I'll get a backwards compatible system back. I'll have to get it replaced with a new version. You know, That's I'm thinking, terrible. I think I need to finish those last two PS2 games I have in my pile of shame and just finish them as quickly as possible. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Alright. Let's go back. I see what he's saying. It's 150 to get the old one fixed, and then 99 if you have all the original parts to get your swapped out for a new one. So, yeah, 150 does get your backwards compatible one fixed. Good. Okay. I don't need it. I'm going to throw this one out and be like, you know, I'll have a funeral or something, or we'll hit it with a hammer, and then we'll um, use Anna's. Because yours is backwards compatible, right, Anna? I have no idea. <laughs> I thought, ask Hita. <laughs> this... La femme Nikita. All right, and I think that brings us... Wait, Alex, I see here you played Fable 3. Oh, yeah, I needed a new console game after I finished 13.2. And you so chose Fable day. 3? He likes uh, it's, it's been in my backlog for ages. And there weren't sort of any others that I really wanted to play, so I'm going to do that one. So how's the hold-up? Um, That's okay. That's yeah. not a problem. As soon as you said, oh, yeah. it's like, okay, no. Yeah, it's still got the massive te- massive slowdown everywhere. <laughs> this is why you played the PC version. Although I don't yeah, know if the PC well, version uh, fixes any of the problems because I haven't played it. Yeah, the PC problem has a problem, 
probably has the issue where my laptop can't play it. So. Oh. Oh well, uh, that solves that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Alrighty. All right. Take us All home, right. Manny. So on Monday, I went to a I went to the Call of Duty launch party at the House of Blues on Sunset. All right. So how did this compare to the last launch party you went to? No, that was that was a. Uh, there was a difference. This was an actual party catered at the House of Blues with DJs and lights and like several console setups and free stuff giveaways. And everyone there got a free copy. Actually, they got two free copies of Black Ops because they gave us like a bag as we walked in. And in the bag was a an Amazon download code for Black Ops, which you can redeem on Steam. Wait, so Black Ops 1? No, Black Ops 2. Wait, so you go to the party and you get the game for free? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, like I said, two versions because uh, they as you walked out the door, it was like a big. Well, let me let me start at the beginning. So you walk yeah, in, yeah. and you know, actually, it was it was, it was different because this one was set up through uh, Amazon Student for some reason. So they picked a school. I think Treyarch is in LA. Treyarch is based in LA, and they said, "Let's team up with the Amazon Student, and we'll have this big event at the House of Blues." So they were giving out tickets via UCLA. So I had my old UCLA student ID. And I got myself a free pass, and I went down on the shuttle to the House of Blues. There was like about a thousand people there. There were a game stations set up as we walked in. We were given these little Call of Duty bags, and inside were um, download vouchers for the Amazon for an Amazon download of Black Ops, which you can redeem on Steam. And then at the end of it, the, there were like raffles. Get they were giving out like several care packages, uh, two fifty gig Xbox three hundred and sixty consoles, and. Yeah, and uh, uh, like they were giving out water bottles, you know, like all the kind of crap you do. And there was like food, people walking around the food, people just hanging out, people in line to play the game. It was, you know, a bunch of excited students getting their first chance to play some Black Ops. And it was exciting. And at the end of the night, there was this contest where was, when we got our uh, badges, like the first time around, like maybe a week earlier, yeah, everyone had like a different colored lanyard and they were like split up between teams. Wait, so like, there was like a red get team. badges a, a week earlier? Yeah. So how's that work? You go down to the UCLA Central Ticket Office and say, "I want a Black Ops thing. Here's my ID." Huh. Yeah. So how does this? How does entry work on this? Like, how it do was, they decide was, who gets in? It was open to students, and oh, just they students. just okay. yeah. And eventually, you open like eventually, it's open up to any student in Los Angeles area because they had some leftovers. So if you went to the Hustle Blues on Sunday and you had a student ID, you can go and get yourself free and free entry into the event. Wow. You know, it was just sort of like this big thing. They had like cameras there, taking people were taking pictures of everybody. They had the camera crews asking how excited you are for the game. It was fine. I've been to worse, you know. I've never had the opportunity to go to anything like this. This oh. is crazy. We don't get these sorts of things in the Midwest. Oh, that, this is like the fourth one of this particular type I've been to. That's why I say I've been to worse because other times they don't give you anything. Yeah. And like people still mill around. Like the, the awkward thing is people sort of break into little groups, and there's like there's the group who are waiting in line to play the game. There's the group who are waiting around with like take with their raffle tickets in their hand, waiting desperately to win something. And there's the other people milling around the swag table trying to get extra stuff. And also, it's, it's, so it's kind of very awkward. People are just staring, looking for free things to do. I mean, free things to get, anything free they can get. And then, you know, so, so did everybody other- get a copy of the game when they got in? Um, the PC version, yes. And then, like I said, there was they split up the tickets and the, the lanyards into different colors. So I was on the blue team, and there was like a red team, there was a purple team, and a yellow team. And they said they're going to host a tournament where they ah. get like three players from each color, and whoever wins this team deathmatch, that entire color is going to get a free copy of the game as they leave. On Xbox so, or PS3? Uh, your choice. Ooh. 
So, you know, it was really exciting. Everyone's like, everyone crowded around. Everyone is here. Everyone's cheering for their color. Go blue team. Go blue team. Or like, go red. Go red. And it was, everyone was watching. It was very exciting. Everyone was cheering for their team. And blue team won. I was blue team. I was very excited. Except the DJ, DJ, like Mix Master Mike or something came out. It's like, no, 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 man. That's not fair. It's not fair. Why don't we give everyone a free copy? Of course, everyone ah. freaks out. And as we're walking out, everyone gets a free copy of Black Ops 2 on PS3, 360, your choice. So it was, it was interesting. It was fun. So that's how I got my Black Ops on Steam and uh, 360. I want your Steam code since you don't have a PC. Well, if they do, uh, if they do what's it called? What? Steam, Steam play, play in the future. They're not doing Steam play for Black Why Ops 2. They don't they do did it for anything. Steam play just like a week ago. It's a totally Ow. different developer. <laughs> What do you mean? Oh, but it's still doing Steam Play on the. But I, I you know what it is because uh, they're Call of Duty games on the Mac already. Aspire does them. Oh, great! The same people who did the the other who did the Borderlands too. Yeah, I hear they're great. Yeah, I know, but still. <laughs> All, All right, right, Chris. If you want to hook up, I, I think I could write, wrangle up another code for you. No, no, I understand. No, I, no, did, no. I didn't get you your Borderlands two codes, so <laughs> you don't need well, to get bo- me you, anything. There were Borderlands two codes. No, <laughs> the one you asked for last week or two weeks ago or whatever. Huh. I remember you asking for a code, right? I don't know. I'll give you a code. Don't worry. We'll talk. You complained after. about it in the thread. We'll talk about it after the podcast. All right. We'll talk about it after the podcast. I'll hook you up. I'll hook All you right. up. Did anybody act a fool at this event? Aside from the PR guys? Um, <laughs> no. Including no, the PR just, guys. I want to hear stories. There's no stories. Just, you know, the usual PR girls who are, you know, fresh out of college with a communications degree. Or pretty and in leather pants, standing around, you know the usual. It's an interesting interpretation on communications degree there. Hmm. What do you mean? That's what a lot of people. That's what a, that's the PR degree. A lot of the time. PR degree is wearing leather pants. No, you go. You go to. <laughs> oh, never mind. Hmm. Anyway, so I've been playing some Black Ops all week. Um, thoroughly enjoying it. The campaign is pretty good. Lots of player choice, like consequences for what you do, and you don't even realize when you're making decisions and things change over the course of the game, and like in subtle and big ways. So it's actually like a reason to replay the campaign, which is amazing. Uh, I like the cool future setting. I like playing in, in the, the. It's like just like my two favorite settings in one game: the '80s and the future. So it was pretty fun, and the multiplayer is what you expect, you know. If you, if you you know already if you like the game or not in multiplayer mode, and I haven't tried out zombies yet, but okay. I uh, Black Ops Two last night. I was it was a much more enjoyable experience than the other Call of Duty because I played a uh, World at War and one, and they were inter- they were fine. You know, yeah. I didn't walk away going like oh that was fun. Like I just you know it was fine. I, I think I liked World at War a lot less. If anything, I don't think I like World at War much at all. And this one I actually walked away going like oh damn you Mendoza. Oh no, it's Men. No, I say it's Menendez, but I say I think Mendoza, like the McBain character, Mendoza. Mm. You know Simpsons. Yes, 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 yes. Anyway, it was you know good villain, cool future tech, fun scenarios. Yeah, it was thoroughly enjoyable experience, and it didn't hurt the fact that it was free. <laughs> so I had plenty of fun. And uh, earlier, in the, later in the week, I don't know if you follow my Twitter feed, but I there were I posted a bunch of pictures of the Call of Duty event. I did not see those. I do follow your Twitter feed. Yeah, I posted like six, seven pictures a bunch. Oh. Yeah, where, can I people, saw them. where can people find those? Uh, it's uh, at Marino, E-M, M-E-R-I-N-O-E-M. 
Marino EM. If you want to see pictures, I also have a, a picture of the other event I went to on Thursday. So uh, I live near the Writers Guild of America uh, West Coast or West Side. Well, Writers Guild of America West building. And uh, Brian Fargo and a few other writers from In Exile were up there to talk about the craft, how, they, how they're crafting a story for Wasteland 2. Mm-hmm. So I went to that. It was like a, like maybe a two-hour talk where Brian, like Brian Fargo and two other writers. I can't remember their names off the top of my head right now. We're just chatting about the process of writing for a game and especially and specifically writing for a game as open-ended as Wasteland 2 when it's like lots of you know consequences and choices. How do you – like the different layers of writing and different writing passes you need to make. Like first like the basic scenarios like here's the cannibal storyline and cannibal area. Here's the main storyline. Here's this town, how we write for this. Then we need to do a pass for the radio broadcast and how people – you know, sort of respond to what you do in the world and like NPC dialogue and talking about how how this is a much more engaging, difficult kind form of writing because like in a movie or like in a book, you tell the character to go down the hallway and interact with this person. Yeah. But in a, but in a, in a game like this, how do you account for the fact that the person might not go down the hallway or if he does go down the hallway, he can shoot that person right in the face. <laughs> so, you know, what do you do in that scenario and how do you write a story around these kind of things? around these kind of constraints and another aspect he was getting into was uh, like are they going to hold anything back from the story are they going to like are they going to hold because like are they going to stop you from like playing the story out in the way you want to sort of like and how they sort of like put up invisible walls to sort of guide you back into the main story like do we stop you from killing kids do we stop kids from being in the world do we not let you like hurt dogs or you know because as soon as you can't do something, that breaks you out of the immersion. So, like, there's a lot of that kind of philosophy, like, um, philosopher going on about the nature of writing for video games. There were some good questions back and forth. It was a different format. It wasn't, like, really a presentation. It was more like each of the writers had questions for each other. And then it was a lot of Q&A, and it was, like, a lot of good discussion. I have the whole thing recorded. So I think I'm going to try to do something with it a little bit later on. But it's going to be a bit of a pain to, you know, get it transcribed and sort of put it together into something. Because I don't think I'm going to want to do a straight Q&A transcription because I, I, I think it's a little bit too much for that. But I'm going to try to pick out some gems and talk about that. Cool. And I do have some pictures of that as well, which was interesting. Brian Fargo retweeted that picture around and he put it on the, he put it on the official Facebook page for Wasteland 2. And like the community got – and like one of the lead developers on Watch Dogs favorited it. So there you go. I'm famous. Pictures getting out there. So are you looking at the pictures yet, Chris? No. Oh. What am I supposed okay. to be? Well, if you want to see the pictures of just what I was talking about. I anyway. Do that. Pictures. Go. Go. If anyone has any questions for me about either Borderland, I mean, pff, Black Ops 2 or Wasteland 2 or Brian Fargo or anything like that, please ask. Either in the message boards, in email, or my fellow podcasters. Oh, look at that. There's people. Dude with a cane. People with canes are awesome. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of indie dubs there. I recognize. Did you get an autograph copy of Blops too? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. There was like a uh, fifteen developers out of like two hundred there. <laughs> Got a little patch too. And you can see the PC download code in the back? I can. Yep. On Amazon's. Nice. Good job. They had DJs and there were lasers. Oh, I yeah. see the lasers now. Look at those lasers. Dude, lasers and everything. 
looks like it could have been a rave. Well, it was at the House of Blues, which is a pretty swanky place. Yeah. Huh. I'm a little sad. The, the burger sliders were not very good. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> that's the most important part. How was the food? <laughs> the tacos were okay, though. You, oh, you go good. for the tacos. It, oh, it was also an open bar, so. Was it? Yeah. So lots of drunk college kids. <laughs> um, if anyone wants to play Black Ops with me on 360, let me know. None of these RP gamer fools are on 360. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Pity the fools who are on 360. Oh, yeah, I just went play. Say what? I'm on 360. I just don't play like COD, like I say. No COD yeah. blocks for Alex. <laughs> All right, so no one has any questions, nothing? We good? Yeah, we good. All right, all right. Let's oh, get into oh, some oh. feedback. What's up? The last thing of the week, though. I mean, it seems like there was like three big things this week. Mm-hmm. It was Call of Duty came out. There was the, the the three big things that the internet exploded about, I'm thinking. Well, actually four now if you include the hostess thing. But I was just thinking, okay, first it was Black Ops. Then it was the GTA Five trailer, which my Twitter feed will not shut up about. And then there was uh, just a small little Wasteland 2 event for me. And finally, yeah, that's it. Small little event, but still more eventful than most, especially this late in the year. Good fun. Cool. I know. If only it was an RPG, then you guys would care more. I know, right? (laughs) Actually, I have something to talk about, and no one cares. I know. Well, it's okay, though. You can find all this coverage on our sister site, uh, FPS Gamer. FPS Gamer? On the FBS cast, coming soon. Sounds good to me. All right. Oh, let's move on, people. Let's move on. We got some feedbacks. Um, let's see. Oh, first off, from Ilya. I wanted to add a note to the whole soundtrack subject. That is, everyone needs to give the World of Goo soundtrack at least a listen. The game is made by two guys. One of them did the soundtrack in his room. My two favorite tracks are Years of Work and The Best of Times. What makes the latter so awesome is that the drums you hear in that are merely cardboard boxes duct taped to chairs and played as drums. And a single soprano singer was asked to help in the production of that song. It's awesome. I can't recommend that soundtrack enough. Strangely enough, I think, call me crazy, is that in the latest Humble Bundle for Android? Uh, I don't believe so. I, okay, it was in the last Humble Bundle. Okay. I know it was in one of them. Yeah, it's not I was thinking, the current one. I'm looking. That's a good at way now. to get that for to get that soundtrack on the cheap if you ever want it. Mm. But yeah, it's like five dollars or less on their own website. So if you're interested, there you go. Uh, we've also have a recommendations from uh, Zoltan. He says my recommendation for a current generation game soundtrack is Eternal Sonata. Whether you like it or not, um, everyone agrees on how beautiful it is, and same goes for the soundtrack. Uh, sound quality is so, so damn pristine. Sakuraba has his own style that he never deviates from, and non-fans just seem to never get uh, tired of it. Uh, most people believe that Valkyrie Profile 1 was his golden opus. Eternal Sonata is like that for the current generation. Uh, I like Star Ocean 4 and Vesperia soundtracks a lot too, but not as much as Eternal Sonata's. Whenever Sakuraba gets a new IP to work on, he shines brighter than ever. I am a Saku lover. Um, his least recommended soundtrack of the current generation is Armored Core 5. I like uh, most soundtracks I hear. Have okay. you heard these? Yeah. No, I was just thinking like, what's the soundtrack? I'm recording. I just thinking like a bunch of metal clanking on the on the pavement. 
I like the most rock. soundtracks I hear, he says, but I thought this one was, quote, borderline crappy, unquote. I never say that a soundtrack is crappy. As long as the quality is there and it's written by someone who knows anything about music, it will usually be serviceable. Whether you like it or not is subjective, of course, but this game has three songs that we hear over and over and over again, and three of those songs... And those three songs are just so bland. Production doesn't stand out in any way. The instrumentation sounds way too bare bones for a mech-building sim game, and the genre classes with the atmosphere of the game. And uh, the three songs he's talking about are the world map music, the post-mission result screen music, and the music that plays when you're building the armored core in your garage. I know that it's only three songs, but the thing is, all the music that plays during missions becomes irrelevant because it's constantly covered up with awesome robot sounds and explosions. That's, that's what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's funny. Those and three songs he's talking about... In particular, who yeah. does who do those really well is from Mission Four. I don't like that game very much, but their uh, building, but their map planning music is great, and their building and mech music goes. It's like it plays on a loop, but it's like this nice little loop where you're like bobbing your head every single time. Hmm. Those have those those great those three songs: world map, making your mech, and post mission from Mission Three. From Mission Four has that down. Nice. Uh, Ryan writes in and says, or excuse me, Shifty is his. Uh, his alias. Sorry, I'm exposing you, Ryan. Uh, says, amazing soundtrack, but mediocre game. His entry is Saga Frontier 2. I never heard that one. Me neither. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jason Ariola writes in and says, hi, RPG Crest cast crew it's been a few months since i wrote in last which is also my only time so i thought i'd drop another line in response to manny's question i'd like to submit botan kaitos as a game that has a great soundtrack but wasn't so great uh, that was the one with the card battles right the card battle system yeah that was the yeah. card battle game on the gamecube i love that game so does strawberry yeah so did i i, I thought it was really well. i need to i need to get a copy of it again i because i'd never finished it I mean, I had yeah. a really great pre-rendered yes, I never finished Batman Kytos. Sue me. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he thinks that the soundtrack's the only thing that kept him going through it because it sure as hell wasn't the voice acting that sounded as if it was being yelled into a tin can from 20 yards away. Okay, what? No, that, 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 yeah. that was bad. <laughs> oh, wait, no. For being yelled into a tin can from 20 yards away, a string connecting that can to another tin can, and the other end being only vaguely pointed at a microphone. This is full analogy. <laughs> That sounds about accurate. Okay. Yeah, you can have that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he has a question for us, though, if I haven't taken up too much of your time. With Assassin's <laughs> Creed Liberation and Codblop's Deuce declassified, receiving at best a lukewarm reception from critics and fans, what's in the pipeline for the Vita that might be able to turn it around? Um, I know there's some things coming out for it still, but the blockbuster titles seem to have dried up. Is the incoming PlayStation Plus support enough to help? No way it could save it, but at least it could boost some sales. Or are our shiny new Vitas turn out to be nothing more than a way to make our PSP games look pretty? Keep up the great work. Love the show, even if Anna spoiled Persona 4 for everyone last week. <laughs> no, she didn't. All right. You know, so, saying lukewarm for Codblops, I mean, ugh, Black Ops Declassified is uh, being generous. But I understand that game is broken. Just broken and non-functional and crappy. What, uh, what is it? It's um, it's sort of like a an in between. It's um, it's an in between game for. It's a PS Vita game. It's basically first person shooter for Black Ops, and it takes place in between Black Ops One and Black Ops Two. Except it's not very good. The multiplayer is broken. Uh, controls are laggy. It looks like, it looks really crappy, and the missions themselves don't even really have any connecting stories. Sort of like little crappy vignettes that were done better elsewhere. That's what declassified is. Sweet. 
Oh, and Liberation is, uh, you know, it's just the uh, Assassin's Creed that place, takes place in New Orleans with a female protagonist. And what I've heard is, like, it's okay. You know, even people who like it seem to think it, like, maybe, like, at seven at best. Hmm. So, I mean, those were the like, two big games people are holding up as, like, oh, this when these launch, people are going to take the Vita seriously, right? Well, I mean, everybody said, you know, even a crappy uh, Call of Duty should at least get a lot of sales out for it, right? Oh, but this is beyond crappy. Apparently. I mean, this is just – the, the word of mouth is so bad that as soon as people hear it, I'm, I'm sure they're not going to be able to trick enough people to make their money back on this. That's too bad. It really is. Um, I don't know what can save the Vita at this point. I want to be positive on it, but Sony has given us nothing to work with. Like we're going into Christmas and Sony's got nothing for their new system and Nintendo's got all the marketing um, – well, at least some of it, the marketing um, machine going for Wii U. And so what really? are people going to do? I wonder because I feel like most like your average consumer doesn't really know about the Wii U or care too much. Oh, yeah, that's why I downgraded uh, it to some. I'm I'm going to politely disagree because I mean even someone in our church was like, "Have you guys heard of this new Wii thing coming out?" Yeah, but then we had to explain them what the difference was. Right, but I mean that, they were that, aware that, of it. But like even if they hear like, "Oh, the Wii U, I already have a Wii. Why do I need another controller for it?" Like, "Oh, we we already got that." I, I think the Wii U will face struggles, but I think that it's more present on people's minds than the Vita. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But there's some good holiday bundles out now, but I, would you recommend people go on and get one now? Uh, for Vita? I don't know what they yeah. are. What are the bundles? They're like they're like at least like $200 and maybe include a free game. What game, though, is, is the question? I have no idea. Hmm. Like Uncharted? Okay. I have no idea. Little Big Planet Carding? Sure. Um, I don't know what they're, what they're doing. Let's see, Blacks. Okay, so we got Assassin's Creed Three Liberation bundle. That sounds good. People like that. Black Ops Declassified bundle. No, don't do that. Well, <laughs> Lego Batman remember. Two bundle. Don't do that because Lego Batman Two misses some of the um, the open world stuff. Well, all the open world stuff on the Vita, so you don't want that version. So, yeah, there, there's my commentary. Sorry. I don't know. I mean, at this point, I feel like if you're really into Japanese games. There's gonna be some. There's gonna be a trickle of support every now. Like there's gonna be, you know, maybe a game a month every two months that you're gonna be interested in. Mm-hmm. Like like uh like obviously Persona Four, which is we all know is a great game, but yeah. But I wonder if you're not really into Japanese RPGs, what do you do? You don't get one, right? <laughs> yeah. I well, if you, it's got a great golf game. It's got a great JRPG in Persona Four. It's got some other good games on it. Um, but it's not. The the forward looking outlook is not so positive. Yeah, it's funny. So like, resist. Let me see. Resistance was crappy. The big resistance game was crappy. Uh, Uncharted was okay. Gravity Rush is supposed Creed, to be good. Assassin's Creed was okay, and Black Ops is terrible. Yeah. And the only good ones are the Japanese games. Like Gravity Rush is cool, but people say right. Yep. Uh, mutant, mutant bombs attacks. I'm not yeah. sure it's worth buying a Vita, I mean a game that you can big get for, it on other platforms now. So for five dollar downloadable. Yeah. For me, that like the thing that would actually make me consider this is uh is Persona Four, but I, I don't know if that's enough for me to drop two fifty on a system. No, but it's it's definitely a solid title. Um, so if you're like Michael and you want five games that you're into before you buy a system, that should be one of your five. Um, no, that's a pretty good policy, though. I mean, you should. I mean, I always say this: people 
maybe think I'm I'm being like anti whatever when I say, but mm-hmm. don't buy a system for what you think for what you hope it will be in the future. Buy a system for what it is right now. Yeah. So I mean, if the Vita is what you want it to be right now, absolutely go get one. It's worth the money to you, but don't buy it hoping that it's going to be some amazing thing in the future. You know how that's going to turn out. Yep, you're right. I mean, I could be wrong. It could be a ten, to ten great RPGs can be out. Some great first-person shooters, some great racing games can be out. But then, buy it then because it's a. But then it's sort of like this, you know, chicken egg thing. If, if a bunch of people don't buy it, those games won't come because the install base isn't there. Exactly. Uh, I mean, we know what Sony needs to do. They need to encourage somebody to do like top-tier developers working on a game for it. But no one's going to put that money into say, it. They've yeah, got paid for it. Like basically, Sony pays people to do it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, until people put out really top tier titles like made by real developers rather than you know B team developers, we're not going to have that. You know, it's not going to be respected as an alternative to the console, like that at, in the way that it can be. I wonder. Do you think a lot of these other developers are just putting all their attention toward tablet gaming and mobile gaming right now? No, I mean the good console developers are making console games. Okay, it's not like and they just the have ones- extra teams that can rock out AAA titles. I mean. And the other ones are, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I think if you're Japanese, it's still a good market. You're still playing some great games on the bus. I mean, on the train. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Though, I mean, you got your 3DS too. Would you just recommend people get a 3DS instead of 3DS XL at this point? Um, I, you hey, know, I'm going to recommend uh, people think about. A, go ahead. I'd already have a 3DS if it wasn't for the goddamn region lock. Hey. Yes, we know. You hate the region lock. Yeah, but I feel, like I feel the need to mention it every okay. week. Every week, as though our podcast is going to get that changed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't think so. Um, Pers- yeah, personally, I'm using my Vita for Vita games more than I am my 3DS at all. So, for me, the Vita's sort of been easily worthwhile. But okay. As you well, said, it, dep- it does depend on of what games you want so yeah what are you playing though like that's making it worthwhile for you right now uh, well, uh, VLR I've got okay VLR is the is the adventure game right yep yeah the visual novelty one uh, I've also got Metal Gear Solid HD because I never sort of played Metal Gear before okay but and to be fair that's a game you can play yeah. easily everywhere else anywhere else yeah a lot of it is catching up I mean I've got Blaze Blue as well is on there you know, I will say I can understand why someone like a Mac from a, from our own RP gamer would be more, is so likes his Vita so much, or like a game like a HD collection or just console versions. Because I think he he's in a situation where you know when you're some, if you're married sometimes, or if you have a, some, a significant other who isn't as much into gaming, you need to share the TV with them, or you know just you need to carve out some time for yourself. So I can imagine having your own personal screen to be able to play these games that maybe you wouldn't want to hug up the main TV for like the entire night. That make that's completely appeal, appeals to a lot of people. I understand that, so yeah, I can understand where that comes from. But I don't. I'm not in that situation myself. Where so I'm at the point where I'd rather just play those games on a bigger screen. But I can understand yeah. for like a lot of people. Either you're traveling, you don't you don't want to hug the main TV for the house for yourself all the time, or you just like curling up on a couch with like this bigger experience. And like fortunately, none of those apply to me. So uh, maybe that's not why I'm so excited about this current generation of handhelds, but. For other people, I understand why. It totally makes sense to me. Like, that's what I'm saying. If I'm not saying don't buy a Vita, I'm just saying don't buy a Vita. Hope it'll become better than what it is right now. Buy it because there's stuff that you want for right now that you en- and that you enjoy what's out there. All right. Yeah, I agree with that. 
There you go. Uh, and as to your question, Manny, I think people should also consider tablets in their gaming purchases right now. So. You know, it would be interesting. I would find it really funny if Microsoft's seven inch rumored seven inch gaming tablet is a more of a success than the Vito Ember will be. I wouldn't be surprised, but they've got some hurdles to overcome. Mainly oh, yeah. an app store hurdle. <laughs> so we'll see. All right. Yeah, I would, I would figure tablet more in my gaming plans if I didn't loathe touchscreen gaming. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, it's, it's a very specific kind of game that you're going to want to play on a tablet, like something like maybe FTL or Baldur's Gate or you know something where it's like sort of mouse cursor driven, a little slower paced. Like I know um, Shadowrun Returns is going to be on there, similar games like XCOM. You can even see Wasteland 2 being really successful, so, but those clearly aren't you know Assassin's Creed or first-person shooters. Uh, Anna and I just started playing a game on iOS, and we forgot to talk about it on our playing that's good and driven properly for touchscreen. It's called Knights of Pen and Paper. Mm. It's a uh, turn-based uh, RPG that's uh, also kind of a mashup with... It's taking place... It's visualizing a pen and paper RPG role-playing session, and so you get to choose who's showing up, uh, who's the game master. You get to buy snacks for the table, and then you know you get your quest, and all of a sudden wait, the wait. background changes, and it's you're in the the dungeon where you're where you're talking about what you're fighting monsters and stuff. So you're role playing the role playing yes. game session. Yes, I love it. Yes, I you love are. It. What's Jesus. his name? Age Christ, this is getting meta. Knights of Pen and Paper. Okay, I'm gonna look this up. This it's sounds great. really interesting. Yeah, it's like two bucks or something. It's fantastic and highly recommended. Um, and Anna, sorry. you're a lot further in it than I am, so you tell me how yeah. it pans out. But um, there's a whole bunch of places to go. There's just so many quests to do. It's great. I just love the variety. Yeah. Like, you know now I, I can see it getting maybe a little tiring because it's like um, I'm starting to get into enemies where I really should have better equipment. But when you start out, the blacksmith only has a thirty blacksmith only has a thirty five percent success rate, mm. and you have to buy items to level him up. Yeah. But you know the funny thing is with a lot of these kind of smaller tablet games, I don't need one game. Like when I was younger and I wanted a good like a uh, handheld game, I, I, I wanted a game that was going to be my everything because I could only carry like maybe one or two games with me on the road. So yeah. I wanted a game that was both deep and replayable and had mini games and had side quests and just did everything for me because those was going to be my one game while I'm outside or on the road or on this holiday trip. Mm-hmm. But now with so many of these games being so small, I don't need a game to be my everything. I could just be – this one little strategy game that does this one strategy thing really well and I play it for maybe three hours and then I move on to the one story driven game that has a really good story and that satisfies me that way. And I just feel like there's so many and there's so many like much smaller I can get what I want out of like one giant title from the past and a bunch of smaller ones. So you know, if I saw myself getting bored with this one, I'd be like, Oh, that was fun. I'll move on to the next one. Okay. Yes. Yes. Right. Oh, sorry. I got distracted. I got a contact request. Ah, okay. <laughs> All right, we got another letter. Let's uh, let's jump into that. Knights and pen and paper. Go check it on iOS. I'm looking at yeah for sure. Thanks for the recommendation, you guys. Yes, yes. Ocelot writes in and says, "Power ups, Mad Libs editions." The subject says, "Dear blah blah blah." Codblops two is out. Nothing else matters. Insert Metallica song here. Cause nothing else matters. No, no, no. no. Oh, it, it, did you guys hear about this? The ending, the the the, the, the song that puts the end credits. Yeah. Oh my goodness. No, I didn't hear about it. After the credits, there's a sequence where characters from the game, several characters of the game, attend a rock concert by a pretty crappy, like a uh, metal hard rock band. 
And oh. it's just, it's, oh, what were they doing? I don't know. Oh, I, always thought that the, I always thought the, uh, the, the big thing for doing Call of Duty videos was um, uh, dubstep. I would have preferred if it was a dubstep thing. <laughs> At least I would expect it, but what was played after this was just ridiculous. Anyway. Does, does Codbops have dubstep in it? Because I want dubstep. There's one sequence in a nightclub, which is kind of fitting. It, oh. it fits. It I fits. wanted dubstep while like things were blown up. Trust me, when, when you hear it, it fits. All it right. fits. All right, good. You know, that game, say what you will. I'm not like that. I'm, I've never been that big into uh, corridor shooters or modern military shooters. But I think this is probably the best Call of Duty campaign, campaign I've ever played or seen. So, see, my problem is I haven't played COD Blops One, and I hear the story makes no sense unless you, you know what the you first know. One. I I didn't play Call of Duty One. I mean Black Ops One either. So what I did is I went to IGN and they said uh, they had this little video called Call of Duty Black Ops in Five Minutes. Oh, sweet! <laughs> and it gives you the entire story in five minutes, and that was all I needed to get jump into this game. Perfect. Yeah, it was really good. It was just like five minutes. Boom! Here's a story. That's what the numbers are. I finally know what the numbers are. Tell me about the numbers. I want to know about the numbers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Incoming. A billion dollars. A billion, billion dollars. Get hyped. Get zombie hyped. Darn. Activision's marketing machine seems to be tempering with this email. Excuse me. Tampering with this email as part of their massive communications media takeover every November. I may not be able to. Coblops 2. Get it now. Buy the ultra legendary helicopter edition. A helicopter. Damn it. Okay. Let's try this again. Could, it's was, a fun game. It's fine. You don't need to make fun of it. That was, it was, so that was <laughs> apparently a Activision. Game, in, we can still make fun of it. That was apparently Activision interrupting his intro. So I think I, I acted that poorly, but that's the idea. All right. Okay, let's try this again. He says, number one, who has played the most games in 2012 among the crew? Uh, that's and, interesting. And who has finished the, the worst, uh, finished the most out. games? Um, I, I have the... 2012 completed games list if everybody's keeping it up to date. Um, I think I am at 26. Oh my god. Okay, you win. Well, uh, she's I'm counting at, iOS games. So, I don't count most iOS games to be fair. Unless it's like a like a like Shadow Run or something or When uh, I count an iOS game, I've gotten I've beaten the game. I've rolled credits. But like how long is that though? Like 3 hours or Some of these it depends. It's like I beat Mega Mall story. That's like Eight hours? I guess. But I feel like there's a different level of investment between that and sitting down for like The Witcher 2 on 360 or something. Okay, but... And? There's a difference between Persona 4 and Mega Mall Story. I'm going to count them as the same. No, I know what you're saying. And I'm just saying for this, like what he's talking about on this list right now. We don't know what he's talking about. Maybe he'll have to be more specific next week. Oh. (laughs) All right, who's who's finished the most console games? Okay. I think I'm about 15 if I count just console and handheld. All right. I'm at 24. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I have viewer, absolutely right? no idea. The music. Just thought I'd mention that. No idea. All right. I'm opening my, 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 my spreadsheet. <sighs> okay, here we go. Let's see. Date completed, sort by descending. I am at not many. 10. This year. Huh. All right. Ten. Okay. No. Nine. I'm probably at like five or something stupid. I don't even know. Oh, I'm disappointed. There aren't that many RPGs on this list. Let me think. The only RPGs are Darksiders, Bastion, Diablo 3. Wow. (laughs) 
Maybe my list is wrong. All right. Anyway. So, all right. That's who's finished the most, um, who's played the most. I don't even know if we can figure that out. So I'm going to move to the next question. No idea. What's the worst game you played in 2012, everybody? I don't know. When did White Knight Chronicles 2 come out? Last year. Last year? Uh, yeah. I think you might have played it in January, though. No, I bought. I played it the week it came out. And only the week it came out. <laughs> huh. Hmm. I'm going to say of Orcs and Men, I think. Of Orcs and Men? Really? I didn't hear yeah. that that was that bad, uh, though. It wasn't terrible, but I haven't actually managed to play many terrible games this year, so... You know, hmm. I'm not surprised. Call me crazy, but weren't they the same developers who did the Game of Thrones game? Yeah, the Cyanide, the French one. Yeah. They're okay at best, you know. All right. Alrighty. Um, let's see. I know, What's the worst one I played? I don't even know. Probably some terrible no. iPhone game, technically. But Bioshock Two, the worst. That's, that's you know it's not a bad year if that's the worst one I played. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good for you. Oh. Actually, no, I've changed my mind. Oh, I know. I found Inazuma Eleven Strikers. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's yep. basically a really simple sort of arcade game. Okay. So sort of none of the fun what is, that is actually. On? Is that on it's on, DS? It's on Wii? Oh, it's on Wii. Okay. Yeah, it's a sort of spin-off. Where they sort of tried to make it more like actual football and made it really boring. Hmm. <laughs> My backlog is huge. I need to get through that. Oh, well. It's interesting. How do you guys keep track of what you played, out of curiosity? I don't. There's a forum thread called the 2012 Completed Games List. Last year it was the 2011 Completed Games List. So that's how you keep track of it? You just update whenever you beat a game? Cool. Yep. Yep. There's also a now playing thread so that people can discuss what they're currently playing and give recommendations or avoids. So would you... So anyone's listening, if you want to, you know... Throw your hand in the ring, go can jump them. Let us know. That come that sentence died mid sentence. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> All right, interesting. He play more RPGs. Um, yeah, I need a better job of keeping track of stuff, but I think I know. Um, Tides of Destiny was probably the worst game I played this year. What is that? Anna. That is a uh, that's a Rune Factory game. Mm, oh, Harvest Moon. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's Rune Factory. Rune oh, Factory you're right, right. It's like Harvest Moon meets Diablo. Okay. It was bad. I oh, why is it so bad? It. it was just it, boring. Just running around the town, talking to boring people, doing boring things to go into dungeons and do more boring things. The only thing I did interesting that was, was punch an octopus, and that was cool. But that was the only <laughs> oh. cool thing in it. I'm looking at my list. I think almost a year ago, a little over a year ago today, we beat Lord of the Rings, War of the North, you and me, Chris. That was, oh, that was man, that bad. was exciting. <laughs> it wasn't terrible, though. It was It was it better than Tides of Destiny. Okay, yeah, I the breaking. I, I don't know if they've patched any of that stuff yet. I don't think they did. <laughs> I, I don't think the team got to finish patching. I think they put out a patch or two, but I don't think, know if they fixed everything. The game was broken. Yeah. 
you know, you can get the collector's edition with the bow and arrow set for like less than 30 bucks. Oh, wow. And it was 150 when it came out, remember? Yeah, I do. Huh. That's pretty bad. All right. Um, next question is Video Game Mad Libs, Ambidextrous Edition. Oh, Ambidext Edition, excuse me. Hey, Mass Effect could really benefit from having one of those explosive farts. Aren't we supposed to, like, pick Sheep. words first? <laughs> Are we? Oh, that's right. You're supposed to pick the words first, and then we insert yeah. them, right? Yeah. But it doesn't say adjective or noun. I'm going to go with ending. Um, sheep. Sheep. Explosive <laughs> sheep. All right. The original Bioshock should have had a blank, but they were too chicken to put one in. Um, a saddest... I don't... Um, a better ending? On Bioshock? You didn't like that? I thought that was a big complaint, though, right? Everyone didn't like the ending? What, the, the cutscene, you mean, at the end? Where they like they hold hands. Yeah, I remember that being a complaint. Yeah, was I was okay fine with it. it. I didn't care. Yeah, I was fine. I mean, they'd already exhausted their storytelling with the twists. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and then it went like for another two hours, two and a half hours. Yeah. That was a problem, right? Yeah. Um, should have had a blank. Should have had a keyblade. All right. See, you know, one thing that was missing from the original Bioshock was the opening sequence when you first get into Rapture without any prompting whatsoever. You go to a vending machine and stick yourself with a needle full of weird goo. Yep. Should have had a justification for the character to physically hurt himself. Oh, wait, yeah, they do, I, 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 they I do have a justification around. for that. I, like, I, like, as a gamer, I knew what to do. I knew I had to go to that machine, but I was like waiting for them to tell me. Like, I'm pretty okay, sure so they do actually do tell you to go to that machine, actually. No, but, they really don't. I thought they I'm would. I'm sure they do. I thought that they, um, you know, yeah. Okay. I well, we'll talk about it later. I can't vividly remember it myself that they don't tell you. It's just the the door doesn't open until you go to a machine and then go stick yourself with it. And then you go, oh, okay, this door's open now. <laughs> no, no, because you have to shoot that door open with the lightning that you get from the vending machine. Yeah, but they don't actually say. Yeah. That's it. Let's all go play Border Bioshock 100. Too. Yeah, let's go figure all this out. Yep. All right. Yeah. The uh, Lunar Collector's Edition should have come with a blank, and it doesn't matter how expensive one of those is. A game I care about. A clone of Vic Ireland. Cloth map. A cloth map. <laughs> Didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it not did. Yet, but if not, it should have. <laughs> Hold on. I got, a I got it right here. all of Luna. Let's see. Where's my. Oh, this is Lunar 2. Do this live. Um, Lunar, Excitement. Silver Star Story. Oh, it came with a book. And if you pre ordered, you got the Galleon punching bag, right? Was it a punching bag or a punching Punching pup- puppet. Punching puppet, or was that for the second one? No, the Galleon. Ooh, might have been the yeah, second Yeah, the second one. one has a lot more stuff. It has the box. The first one doesn't. Uh, first one just has like the soundtrack and the book. At least the, the one I have. I got it used, so I may be missing something. I did not get the punching, the pump it. Pump it and pump it and pump it. Okay, Witcher... While you look that up, I'll get to the next question. The Witcher 2 should have had a glowing blank. Something that will surely... That will, that will for sure be in Witcher 3. Hmm. I don't know. I'm about, I just got uh. the three <laughs> I, I have no idea. <laughs> Dude, you got to tell us noun, adjective, adverb. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> we got we to gotta do this right. Um, a glowing 
Um, Glowing Hyren, one of our uh, forum people. Should have been in Witcher 2. Glowing Hyman? Hyren. Oh. I was trying specifically not to say what you just said. I can't believe they still haven't made a Pokemon versus Blank crossover. Honestly, Pokemon versus Digimon. Hmm. Pokemon versus yeah, Skylanders. That, that, uh, Pokemon versus Digimon needs to happen. Mm. Yep. That would be interesting. All right. Um, question four. Deleted. Insert Cod Blobs 2. Dude, just get on the 360 and let's play a match, man. <laughs> Question five. Xbox Live turn 10. Who among the crew is the longest running subscription? Hmm. I'm probably like three uh, years now. I don't know. Yeah, I'm like three I'm, or four. Yeah, I'm checking to see what my number is. Where do I check but you that? None of you got the special helmet? Special 10-year no. space helmet? I, I'm not a 10-year subscriber. No. I didn't have the first Xbox, so. Yeah, me neither. You know, looking back, I wish I would have got it. I would have loved to have played uh, Cold War when it first came out and uh, Morrowind. And then a little bit of Halo 1 and 2. Gold I right think now. I could have had fun with that console. I don't know how to check your number on the website, so I don't know. Oh, I've just turned on my Xbox. It's right next to me. Yeah. So. All right, you <laughs> win still loading. Alex wins. He has uh, Xboxes within touch distance of him at all times, so he's right. obviously the biggest fan. <laughs> Uh, what oh, let me coolest... read this last one. This is yeah. a good letter. I even finished. What is the coolest, okay. most innovative change that needs to happen to Xbox Live on the next 720 console? I wanted I wanted to handle patches and updates a lot better, so that people, so that companies will more frequently update their games when there's problems with it, and not have to worry about ever increasing cost of a patch, and then deciding, you know what, maybe this patch isn't worth it if it's going to cost us forty thousand dollars. And I want it to be easier to find content on that store. Actually, be able to find games that you want to play, and mm. I, I and I want a better distinction between gold and silver because it, it's completely arbitrary right now. And I feel like I'm not really paying for anything other. Uh, I feel I feel like I'm paying because it's what I'm, I'm used to doing, what I'm supposed to be doing, and because I get good deals on uh, the money. I never pay the full price, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like you got to give me a better reason to be paying for this subscription. All right. They can fix a lot. They need to fix a lot. They, because I, I'm sick of games not getting the patches they need or developers waiting a long time so they can bundle up a bunch of bugs so they can get the most money out of their patch their patch fee. <sighs> yeah. Better find content. Better you know, increase download limits. For game. I don't just lots of do, do XP Play games still have download limits? I mean game size limits? I don't know. I haven't heard much about that. Yeah, but it's been increased. I, I want to do away with that completely. Yeah. Like lots of little things. I want it to be more like Steam, to be perfectly honest. Okay. Fair enough. Oh, and updates happen in the background. So that when I get ready to play a game and I said, you have an update. I'm like, oh. I'll wait a couple seconds, though. At least it's not as bad as uh, PS3, where it says, I have an update. And it's like, well, I'm not playing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> on the 360s, a minor inconvenience. On the PS3, it's like, well, I'm done for the night, then. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. No, and don't get me wrong. I like the 360, and that's because I like it. I, I see what all the flaws are, and I, I want them to be better. Yep. That's fair. Um. Let's see. Oh, we have our one last... Uh, oh, he says, please make sure to download and support PunQuest, the greatest iPhone game ever made, is uh, Sava's last comment to us. 
iPad Mini, or I don't care. They uh, they changed Punch Quest. Um, this was an iOS game that came out free to play with uh, microtransactions inside the game. They found they were getting really, really, really poor sales of the in-game stuff, so, even though they were like one in the top ten of the iPhone sales. Um, so they uh, they they changed it now. It's ninety nine cents to download it now. It's no longer free to play. Can I read the last one? Uh, the last one is a phone call. So can I read it first? Oh sure. Hey, this is for any. I wanted to act. What is your time, 4-3-2013? All right, peace. All right, well, here's the phone call. It's not much better. Hey, this is Frenny. Um, I wanted to ask, what is your top 4 2013 All right, peace. Top four, what is what? your top RPG for 2013? I don't know. I, yeah, I don't even know what's that's... coming out in 2013. Actually, I can tell you right now. I, I already know exactly. RPG? My most wanted, I can tell you. Yeah. Does anyone know? Okay, I know it probably doesn't. I'm hopeful. Is uh, Cyberpunk 2077 coming out next year? Uh, Maybe. Hmm. Maybe. I'm if that comes sure. out, that's number one. I think one it on might have been 2014, but I'm not sure. Okay, if that comes out next year, it's top of my list. Uh, then after that, I want Shadowrun Returns, Wasteland 2, and that's pretty much it. As far as RPG-wise, that's on the horizon. Um, Dragon Age 3, all I know about is it's in the Frostbite engine, but... That means it'll look cool and it'll look nice, but I don't know. Is it going to be more Dragon Age 1 or Dragon Age 2? I feel, I feel like I have too many questions before I get too excited about what that's going to be. Hmm. But why not? He said 4, so Dragon Age 3, because that's just the only RPG I can think of that's coming. That's Is that actually coming out next year? Do we know that? Is it? I think, I, I think they've announced it's late 2013. Okay, so there you go. Those which are my four games. Prob- which means it'll probably slide to early 2014. Okay, right. and those are my two games, Wasteland 2 and Shadowrun Returns. Yeah. I don't think there's a date announced for Cyberpunk yet, so... You know what, are there... Um, okay, serious talk, though. Are there any... What, what, what RPGs do we know about in 2013? Uh, Zillia. Which, which one? Tales, Tales, Tales of Zillia. Okay, that's one. So, uh, Nino Kuni. That's still not out yet? No, nope, still not out. Jeez, okay, that's two. Yeah, Nino Kuni is my most anticipated for the time being. So that's two. Okay, uh, there's Baldur's Gate 2 Enhanced Edition. And then there's Wasteland 2 and Shadowrun Returns. Fire and... Emblem 3DS. Okay, Fire Emblem 3DS. Lightning Returns, Final Fantasy 13. That's right. Okay. So we've got Monster Hunter 3. Hey, I'm going hey, to play that. Yeah, Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate, South Park. Final Fantasy 14 think... relaunches. We hope South Park is going to come. Oh, you're right. You know what? If yeah. South Park comes out, add that on my list. Right. No, I heard South Park is being pushed to 2014 because of THQ's Well, worry. it was 2014 uh, financial Fist. year, I think. Yeah, which yeah. starts okay. in April. Okay, so replace Dragon Age 3 with South Park for me then, right now. Yeah. What else? Mm-hmm. This is hard, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to find our game coverage list. It's not like a stellar list right now, is it? Like stuff that blows blows your mind. Because I feel like Nino Kuni. Like I'm not sure saying it looks like a bad game. I just feel like this should have been out a long time ago already. Hmm. Yeah, there's not that many apart from what we've already said. So are we just waiting to the VGAs or something? 
to like get big reveal trailers for next gen RPGs or like all the big RPGs getting pushed to next gen like Fallout 4 or something like that. we're waiting for like the VGAs and E3 to hear about that no idea at the moment <laughs> oh Infinity Blade Dungeons that's another one that's that's 2013 uh yeah, like most of the games I'm like I'm interested in, but I'm like really excited about. Mm-hmm. So, huh? Go fig. Yep. <gasps> Someone left the call. Yeah, yeah, that was Anna. Her thing fell off. Yeah. <laughs> Poor thing. Oh, Noodle says FF four FF three hundred. I said fourteen. Okay. <laughs> she she spelled it with a few extra V's. Oh, so I was just adding up all the years. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. Yeah, I don't know. Final, Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 45. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, I bet you that'll be a thing in our lifetime. Mm. I wonder what happens when they get to like, like triple. Do you think they're going to get to like 30 at that point that you say, we're, re- we're rebooting the franchise. Now it's just going to be the Final Fantasy. Mm. What number were they up to on Deus Ex? De- on Deus, Ex Deus Ex had the uh, Final Fantasy poster. Oh, did they? Like 30-something, I think they're up to by then. I'm surprised they just didn't go, The Final Fantasy. It'll be, the and then, like, it'll be The Final Fantasy 2. The Final Fantasy 3. The Final Fantasy Returns. The Final Fantasy Rises. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So, where's my Anna? Let's get her back on the call, because she has... Yeah, well- she needs to start us with... Oh, I just called her separate. That's not adding to call. There she is. Okay. Yeah, you put me on hold, man. What's up? Yeah, I don't know. What's up, homie? That was weird. Um, What's up? Oh. Only problem with new Skype, something, 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 something. Is when you go to rejoin a call, I have to wait to be, I have to wait for either a message or a call from you to come in, and then it switches to join call. Oh, weird. Yeah, fun. I know, dude. Let's we'll try that out. We'll have to play with that. Dude, figure out how to make that works. Yep, dude. Yeah, let's test dude. that later. Okay, Anna, bloop, bloop. you know what you can do for us right now, live on the show, because people want to listen to entertaining radio rather than this schlock we've been giving them for the last 20 minutes? <laughs> how about MMO in a minute? MMO in a minute. Okay. <gasps> um, World of Warcraft, Mists of Pandaria, de- debunks data mining, takes cheaters to task, and brushes off lawsuit. Google releases their own MMO, Ingress. Time Magazine releases the top 100 games list, includes several MMOs. Terra announces Discovery Edition, the semi-free-to-play model. Star Wars Solar Public goes free-to-play officially. Final Fantasy XIV explodes back in 2013. Night Age to launch major expansion. EverQuest 2 launches ninth expansion, Chains of Eternity. A really great editorial on how feedback works and why it matters. University Study explores MMO player loyalty. Legacy of a Thousand Sons turns two. Happy birthday. Get Ampsy turns five. Happy birthday. When is an exploit not an exploit? When it's in Lord of the Rings Online. And that's it. What's that last one mean? Um, so people are rolling up. Okay, it's a specific class. So let me pull up this link because people are basically rolling up a very specific um um class right right um 
The controversial situation arose when players rolled the free Reaver monster class for the sole purpose of being killed by other players and thereby rapidly advancing those players in rank. Some players called this a clear exploit. Others said it violated the game's code of conduct, yet Turbine stated that it is not a violation of rules and therefore is okay to continue doing. Huh. So um, there ended up being like, uh, you know, about 40 comments back and forth on Joystick alone. I mean, a few different websites actually um, covered this and it's, there's a lot of back and forth, but I mean, ultimately Turbine says we don't care and we're not going to ban people for it. So some people are morally outraged and it's just nothing's going to happen. Oh, and uh, for those who um, got to listen to me um, drone on and on last year about Glitch, you sadly won't be able to do that anymore because it's shutting down. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, that uh, World of Warcraft story, where where, <clears throat> where was that? I'm just trying to find it. On, um, which one? The, the debunking the data mining? Yeah. Okay, so basically in the data mining for the new uh, PTR patch has Dark Moon Fair stuff in it. Right. And it is the Dark Moon Fair trinkets that were scaled down to the challenge dungeon levels. So people, of course, went to Twitter and the forums and were like, OMG, we data mined the new patch and you've completely nerfed the Dark Moon items. Why did you do that? Wah, 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 wah. And right. Blizzard was like, we didn't change them. We're definitely cha- we're definitely preparing for the challenge modes where they're going to be tuned down. This is why you don't believe data mining. Ah. So, um, also there was um, an arena exploit going on. Um, which arena was it? Uh, the Mayanaka Golden Arena. <laughs> yeah, very funny, Chris. Very funny. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that gets that. <laughs> no, it's just. You know, we can call it. I'll be honest, oh, I didn't get it. In our faces, God damn it. Right. So they're not being they're not being really specific about it, but basically, um, uh, CM posted providing an en- providing an environment where players can compete in the spirit of fair play is extremely important to us, particularly in rated PvP combat. As part of that commitment, we regularly monitor gameplay and have discovered an issue where some arena teams have exploited the queue system to obtain high team ratings by dodging unfor- unfavorable team compositions and engaging in win trading. Okay. So there's probably going to be some sort of ladder or MMR rollback reset. The problem is, is that there's no good way to do that right now without affecting the people who played legit and are just good. So, and of course, um, the lawsuit thing is the thing that I talked about last week where um, they're being sued by people who feel that it's Blizzard's responsibility to take care of their account and they shouldn't have to buy an authenticator and Blizzard's making millions of dollars off of it, blah, blah, blah. And Blizzard was like, yeah, this is a nuisance suit. We get them all the time. Nice. Okay. Uh, let me ask you a question. What is this Google MMO? You know what? This just sort of broke late last night, I think it was. Yeah. Or I guess yesterday morning. Um, and unfortunately I don't have access to it because it's only available to Android users. Oh, okay. 
That's racist. Yeah. Is it? Anyway, what's up? So they are touting it as a massively multiplayer online alternative reality game. Alternative reality game. Alternative. Huh? Alternative reality ARG? game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there we go. Alternative. So, reality. so it's like, does it, is it going to call you on the phone? You know what? I could not tell you. I mean, the problem is, is it's like the site that I think broke the story was NBC News, and it's by like a columnist that. I don't know how much MMOs he would normally cover. But I mean, it's going to be similar to like those games that you were obsessed with last year, Chris, where it was like it uses the real world as a map. Yeah. So, and Ingress claims it will be the largest scale use of the of a real map system ever. Okay. So it's going to be like you're tracking people on the world map. Yeah, it's it's both a it's supposed to use both the GPS function of your phone and um, touchscreen. Interesting. And you're I, supposed to hack the either hack to take over enemy territory or protect your own. Again, neither of these particular designations have been elaborated upon. So, if people are interested, the official website is ingress.com. I n g r e s s. So I'm, I'm going to read up on it this week and maybe have some more discussion points next week. iOS version to come. There's nothing you can play on PC or in Google browser or anything, Chrome? No, not that I can tell. I'm Like I said, I'm going to have to do a little more research because originally I thought this was going to be browser. But no, it looks like it is just. Yeah, just. I found it on the Play Store. Yeah, it's just Play Store. Hmm. Okay. So go for it. I should have bought the next seven Alrighty, so let us start with our news feed. First story, the older public is free to play now. Finally, I Finally. can start playing it. Yeah, I can't. I just found out that um, I no longer have my authenticator token on my phone because I upgraded my phone, and the, the version that came over is not is crashing. It's not working right on my new phone, so I have to submit a support ticket, so I can't even take advantage of the new Star Wars client. That's why I never do mobile authenticators. I always get the actual FOB key. Hmm. I don't care. I don't care. I'd rather. I don't want to keep track. Is it a good excuse for you just not to start playing? I no. I just. I don't have room for that many key fobs, and always have to worry about where they are. No thanks. You just you just get a special keychain that's nothing but no fobs. No, I want to be able to have it when I'm traveling too, and I always I always need, have my phone with me. You need to get your fix. Your older. Well, not 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 right now. I don't. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Whatever. All right. Nobody cares. We already talked about this anyway. So, Bioware is working on a new Mass Effect. Yeah, we mentioned this a bit last week, right? Um, hey. Did we? Okay. Yeah, yeah Casey yeah, Hudson we, we, tweeted it. We made like, what do you want the game? Yeah. Mass Effect Football Manager. That <laughs> <laughs> was the title of the episode, wasn't it? Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> we, I, we still think that they should totally do Mass Effect Football Manager. It's going to be a Frostbite Engine, right? Frostbite 2, oh. just like Dragon Age 3. So it looks like they're moving everything over to Frostbite, which is fine. I mean, it, I, you know what? The funny people were talking about, like, speculating what they might see in the game. And I'm thinking, all those people are right. It's definitely going to have a large multiplayer component, if not, like, one of the major focuses. Because they made a bunch of money off Mass Effect 3, and it was very well received. Okay. Yeah, the Mass Effect 3 stuff was fun. 
So especially in Frostbite that does the powers Battlefield, I expect big multiplayer focus, maybe co-op, lots more stuff like to play. And um, I'm also expecting it's going. Well, they said for sure it's going to take place before the end of the Reaper saga, right? The Reapers. So who knows? Maybe it's going to be like the first contact war of the Turians. Maybe it's going to be just some side missions mm. from like some ra- some random mercenary. Who knows? Oh well. Hmm. You know what yeah, I do they've know? They've got a fairly big source. Yeah. <laughs> they've got a fairly big sort of area to draw on. <laughs> you know, it's one thing I want to, I'm curious. You keep on bringing up the football manager thing, but have they ever mentioned in all three games or even the fiction what sports anyone plays in this universe? They haven't. Is it like, a, is it like an alien not, sport? No one watches? I've no idea. They might have done somewhere, but I can't think of any offhand. Like Turian boxing tournaments or... <laughs> Decathlons or like like big swim meets on Hanar. Big swim meets on Hanar. Yeah, of course the Hanar can't enter because they would win everyone, but still. Yes. Yeah, I wonder because like every like little game, I always think like there's like always some like future sport that people are playing, right? Even like <laughs> something as bad as uh, Starship Troopers had like a football, like a space indoor arena. I mean indoor football. And there was Blitzball. I always like fake sports. It always interests me. But right. I guess there's none in Mass Effect. Cool. Cool? Cool. All right. That's how we end stories here. That's how we end stories Awkward here. Awkward silence. And then Awkward cool. silence. And then cool. Because the next story is too cool. The next story is about how the world ended in Final Fantasy XIV. Is it too, yeah, yeah, but is it too cool for school? It is too school for school. People who play MMOs don't go to school. You don't know that. That's normal, right? I don't know. All right. It's not like I wrote my undergrad thesis on MMO or anything. All right. So you're so smart. You tell us how the world ended in 14. Well, well it's it, it sort of, you know that I, I mentioned it, I think it was on the cast last week, that there was some serious Majora's Mask stuff going on in Final Fantasy 14. Yeah. I think a lot of people were expecting the uh, the big red moon to actually kind of hit the ground. And so when Square Enix released the uh, the FMV, which instead showed the moon hatching, I think there was at least a little bit of surprise. And who came out of the moon? Bahamut. Bahamut, of course. Freaking Bahamut shows up and blows up the planet. Well, he just sort of remakes a significant quantity of it with fire and brimstone in a manner eerily familiar from yeah. a certain World of Warcraft expansion. And and so they show, like, two factions... Catherine. Catherine. Yes. Oh, I got to be caught in my throat. They show two factions battling on the planet, and I think they're fighting for who's going to save the world. And it turns out they both lose because Bahamut shows up and just blows most of their armies away. And then some old dudes and a lot of other people try to use this banishment spell to contain Bahamut and seal him away, and that fails. Um, it's like it looks like the ending of a Final Fantasy game, except it doesn't doesn't go well. <laughs> and then yeah, the last that's actually kind of that's actually kind of what it feels like actually it kind of feels like this this is a this is about to be the happy ending of a final fantasy game and then everything goes a bit pear-shaped yeah and uh in the last breath this old dude is like he's he teleports the the main heroes that you see in all the trailers for 14 to safety and smiles and then he gets wiped out by fire <laughs> it's like yeah. boom that's it it's he saved the next generation you guys get to rebuild and that's the focus of the new game i guess yeah pretty much what I don't I mean, know is I, how many years I, later of, it happens. 
I've heard a rumor that even though they've done effectively the final, um, like the final data save, so nothing, you know, after that particular date, which I think was October 31st, that no, no further uh, stuff would be imported to um, uh, Realm Reborn. But I've heard a rumor that Square were thinking of put, turning the servers back on for the original 14 uh, while they were still preparing Realm Reborn to be finished sort of thing. Mm. I don't know how true that is or not. I, I think people are perplexed why they turn them off. Well, yeah. Aside from the fact that, yeah, as far as the lore is concerned, the world is a smoldering husk or whatever. What What disturbed me is learning that this game isn't going to be back online till next year. It's not like next year is that far away. Well, still, I mean, it could be late or mid next, or early late spring or something before it's online. Like months of offlineness, I didn't know that was happening. Well, well, that's why I heard that I'd heard rumors that they were going to turn the fourteen, uh, the fourteen servers back on until Realm Reborn was mostly ready to be released. But mm. I don't know how accurate that is, and the only person who might know is Noodle. Mm. So, ask her. Okay, Noodle, tell us. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. What's our next thing here? Oh, that's right. Elman Age. Who's been following Elman Age? No. What is, it's some old dungeon crawling RPG that's finally coming out of Japan. Um, it's finally going to be on the PSN as a download-only title on November 20th. Uh, UFO Interactive is putting it out, so don't look for a lot of marketing about this. And you, you get a chance for another dungeon crawler because we need more of those. All right, uh, next one I like. Uh, so here's the dude who was in charge of Square Enix back when things like, you know, the Spirits Within was happening, calling the Square Enix merger of Square and Enix a complete disaster, or a complete failure, rather, um, and there's no vision for the future. And uh, he tweeted that this week. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. So he's. Uh, Am I the only one that makes it feel like a little sour grapes? Yeah, right. A little bit. But is he right? Has the screen been a merger been a complete disaster? Do you guys think? No, I don't think so. At this no? point, no. No. Because no. we're getting such great titles like um, Laura Croft, Guardian of right. um, Feminist Deus Rights, Human Revolution. What? And Deus Ex Human Revolution. Oh, Square, okay. or Enix, Square, Square or Enix wouldn't have bothered with Eidos. So it's Square Eidos is really the merger we like. Oh, hey, I like Final Fantasy thirteen. Sue me. Yeah, but but I know we mentioned like a lot of these uh, like Deus Ex, but that's more like buying. That was more buying Eidos than the Square and the Enix merger that this guy is specifically talking about, right? I I was referring to the fact that I don't think that um, Square or Enix wouldn't have even bought Eidos in the first place. They would have been bought out by somebody else. Okay. Well, you know what? They're doing fine. I think they're doing better now. They're purchasing a lot more Western devs, putting out some decent titles that a lot of people care about, not just in Japan, but in North America and Europe. They're doing better than a lot of other Japanese companies. Hmm. The vision for the future stuff, I can maybe understand that a bit. Maybe if he's talking about game... It's really hard to tell at the moment, but don't know. If, If this guy's talking about maybe getting away from what 
the like you know one of these people talk about we're getting away from the traditional values that made Square, Square and Enix of uh, the companies that they were to begin with. Maybe, but whatever they're making money. Who cares? Yeah, fine. No, but I can understand. Like, if you're saying, like, oh, we're not making the good Dragon Quest we used to, or our Final Fantasies aren't, like, the the beacon of the world like they used to be. It's like, well, whatever, dude. Times change. <laughs> Fair enough. You know? Yeah. No, you're right. Um, uh, they're, they're making money. They're putting out good games. Conan O'Brien loved Hitman. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> True enough. <laughs> you know, think of it this way. If, if the money they're making, making non-traditional Western games enables them to make more of the Final Fantasies that the fans love or the smaller niche titles or whatever, then, like, more power to them. Awkward silence? Cool. Time for a new story. Torchlight 2. (laughs) Got a patch. Who got a patch? Torchlight 2. Oh, Anna, did you cover this one? No. No, she didn't. So, uh, they've got balance and fixes to lots of things and new pets, which... An owl or a badger has been included now. So there you go. If you've been waiting for an owl or a badger, that's great. Hey, here's a question for you for Torchlight 2. Where the hell is the mod kit stuff? This is like the big thing, and Torchlight 2 is going to allow you to mod. Diablo 3 doesn't, and it still isn't out for Torchlight 2. Oh, my gosh. How long are they going to wait? Um, I'm curious. Anna, are you still playing Torchlight at all? Nah. Nah, you're done? I'm not done. It's just there are other things that have been taking priority. Oh, all right. So you feel like you will go back at some point. Oh, yeah. Cool. cool. Have we seen any pictures of the of the badger or the owl? Do they have little goggles and backpacks? Hmm. No, no backpack. No goggles. Don't care. No, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, they did recently post a story that their uh, their game was going to be on sale on Steam during the thanks during their Thanksgiving uh, week sale. So if you haven't picked up the game yet, it's probably going to be like five to ten dollars on Steam next week. And if you have the Mac, if, and if you own a Mac, you may consider buying it anyway because when it, when the Mac version does come out, it'll be Steam Play, so you'll get that for free. So, hmm. okay, yeah, I might pick it up for five dollars on uh, during Thanksgiving. All right, five bucks on Thanksgiving. Well, I mean, Torchlight Two is a great game. I just, I just don't understand why they don't have more stuff out for it. Well, I think they all took a much-needed break after, like that two that two-year dev cycle on a game that's supposed to like take finish like in less than eighteen months. Okay. I know. I think they're all on vacation, like a two-week, maybe a month vacation, and now they're finally coming back, and they're worrying about porting the Mac version. No, well, but I hear you, man. Like, fair enough. you got to strike while the iron's hot, right? Yeah, and they haven't been, and it's weird. Were you excited just to make mods yourself or just try out some? Um, oh. Say that again? Oh. I was saying, were you excited to make any mods yourself or just try out some? Hmm. Um, no, I was not going to make any myself. I just wanted to try out some. All right. like, But is there at least like a respect potion mod? I'm sure that's the one thing everybody wants. Respect potions are already in the game. You can just pull them out of the console and put them in your shared stash. It, oh, uh-huh. oh! You type something into the console to get it. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. That's convenient. Yeah, I would. That's all I would want is respect stuff. So that's already there. Great. Yep. 
So I guess it doesn't matter. All right. So here's a game people care about. Shin Megami Tensei 4. Yes. Give right. me all the Megamis. All right. So this is going to be set in East Mikado, a country that draws from medieval Europe, according to uh, Silicon Air here. They have samurais in this Eastern European country, though, instead of uh, knights. Well, I could guess by the name. Like, Mikado, that sounds like very ancient Japan. I know. Uh, it takes place in 1492, and it's in a country protected by walls. The protagonist is an 18-year-old guy. He has a revelation in a dream that his choices will shape the world. And when he wakes up, he completes the gauntlet ritual and becomes a samurai. Um, in this world, samurais hunt demons in secret. Only a few people know that demons exist. Um, they also have Issachar, who is your childhood friend and acts like a big brother. Um, and also there's Hope, who's the leader of the samurai. And uh, let's see. Your mission is to exterminate demons, but you also have the option to have demons be allies, like all the SMT games. And uh, yeah. So Samurai. You confuse yes. demons and talk with them because it's an SMT game. There I saw a trailer. Not the the trailer. The like the first trailer shows um the 3D overworld traversal, and that looks pretty good. I mean, it look, it's a, this game's a weird mix because like when you're running around the world and like sort of interacting with everything, it looks really nice. It looks it's a full 3D. It looks great. But then when the battle starts, you get these little these small little static 2D sprites that barely move during the battles. <laughs> it's such a weird juxtaposition to see the two together. Yeah. Because, like, half of it looks like a modern game, and the other half looks like SMT from SMT 1 or 2. I don't know if anyone else has seen that trailer. I have, but I think I've forgotten it, so. Yeah, it was a while ago. I need to watch it again. But it still looks good. It has a Kaneko Kaneko art style, which um, I'm I'm happy about, because I would have been a little bit upset if the entire series went all Persona. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, Kaneko definitely has, like, a distinctive art style, so I'm glad they stuck with that. Hmm. It looks interesting. I mean, I wish I had a 3DS to play it. Well, this makes you get a 3DS. I'm in the same uh, situation as Persona 4, where buying a new console just for one game. Hmm. Okay. But if they can release some more big stuff like that, because Double Survivor didn't really uh, jump out to me. I don't think I wanted, like, a... Like the kind of a turn-based uh, strategy RPG at the time. Maybe I will in the future. I know I was burned out at the time because I played like several back to back, and I just said like I don't want to. I don't want to play any of these right now. Oh, that's Oops. right, three DS. Damn. You don't have one either. No, I have one, but it's an Atlas game. Oh and right, my right, 3DS right. So is, Ghost Light. Uh, a PAL. Yeah. Because oh, we're well. still waiting on Devil Survivor. <laughs> Yeah, we're kind of getting screwed out on Atlas games, you know? Hmm. Who used to pick them up that doesn't anymore? Uh, it was sort of varies between people. I mean, Square Enix did um, Persona 4 on the PS2. Yeah, and I think uh, it was it's either Rising Star or, or Ghost Light. The Ghost Light did Persona 3 Portable. Yeah, Ghost Light have done most of the more recent ones. I think Nisa have got Persona 4 Golden here. I can't remember. And Zen United, who have typically done a good job on BlazBlue, have Persona 4 Arena, which, of course, is being delayed till next year. Grumble, 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 grumble. Hmm. Okay. Awkward Silence. Yeah, Awkward Silence, the return. Cool. 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 Right. cool. Um, and we run 
have news stories or something. Well, no, yeah. we haven't. The next oh, one's kind of we... weird. I'm trying to figure out what to do with it because it's this first screenshot of Dragon Age 3, which came out. Yeah, it wasn't even like an official release screenshot. It was some guy who took a picture off of a screen at a presentation somewhere, right? Yeah. I don't, yeah. Well, I mean, they showed the, the no, the presentation is where they showed the screenshot. That's that's the thing. Yeah, and the one, so they actually have a picture of the actual screenshot, though, because all I yeah. saw was like a, a off-the-screen thing. Well, I, I think that's all they've released is just that picture that came out because somebody else took it. But uh, they showed the screenshot to some people at this um, talk that they were having at the right. Bradford Animation Festival. And they're talking about how they're using the Frostbite engine, and that's it. So there you go. Multiplayer component in Dragon Age 3, Frostbite. Yeah, I don't know. EA. <laughs> yeah, well, this story doesn't say much. All right, better. Here's one. Um, who wants uh, Pokedex on their iPhone? Me, 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 me. Well, too bad you can only get it in Japan right now. It just came Aww. out. 480 megabytes of Pokedex with additional packs requiring a meg and a half each. And it is, uh, what is it? it? Yeah, this is. So it costs you 170 yen to get it. And it's universal, so I wow, you know, iPhone, I, I had. Um, but, so this is weird. So it only includes the black and white region Pokemon to begin with. Um, if you want to add the Kanto, Johto, Hoenn, or Sinnoh leagues regions, it's 500 yen for each of those. Oh! Yeah. Okay, that's a little yeah. bit <laughs> That's clever. Yeah. <laughs> that's dirty. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty pretty mean. I'm so, you know, I, I'm so, at the very least they made it universal. They're not charging you for both the iPad and the iPhone version, and then 500 for each one. I know, yeah. right? <laughs> at <laughs> the very enough. least, you only have to buy it once. Yes. So at least at least that's the case. Jeez, that's so funny how we all grumbled collectively at the same time. It's like, oh, that's just gross. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what's up. With I that. think my my reaction is more. I should have seen that coming. So wait, does the do the packs actually cost more than the actual game itself? Because like the, the yeah, game, I guess, yeah, because it's it 170 like yen to get you started, and then 500 for the uh, additional packs. That's funny because the app, the main app, which weighs, which costs like 200, like which basically like a buck, is uh 480 megabytes. But each additional pack is only 1.5 megabytes. Correct. The 1.5 megs unlocks. The data that's already there is yeah, it's, it's happening. Yeah, you're right. Oh, it's so dirty. On app DLC. On app DLC. That's <laughs> worse. You're right. It's worse than on than on this DLC. Dirty. All right. Yeah. What what we got next? All right. Raiders. We have Raiders with a Z. Raiders. Yeah. What what is this? Anna, tell me about Raiders. You know more about it than I do. No, I don't. Okay. It's a Monster Hunter inspired action MMORPG from Perfect World. FTP, uh, of course, right? Free to play, yep. And it is uh closing its final open beta phase and will launch on the twentieth. So that's this week. There's a new game coming out this week. Um Raiders with a G and you big fight big bosses. Uh I believe Michael played this at PAX and talked about it some. Interesting. The screenshot that they have for the story is a not chocobo. Yeah, it's a chocobo, but can, it's not a chocobo. Yes, it's a you not can chocobo. ride a not chocobo. Cool. That's right. Yeah. All right. So check that out. You can find it at. Um, oh, they don't link to the game. Who the hell writes this crap? Uh, oh, McElroy. That McElroy sucks so much. All right. So let's see. Vaders.perfectworld.com. Thank you. Thank you. 
up there with Arthur Gies and Sucktitude. Um, let's see. Gearbox announces Borderlands 2 DLC, Mr. Torg's Campaign of Carnage. So they have some alliteration going on with this one. And Okay, uh, so it's a story-driven... It's, 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 a, it's a mix of Mad Moxie, um, Underdome, you know, which is just basically arena fights. But this one, apparently they get it right in that the arena fights actually give you things. You actually do get experience. And there's a and there's more of a story driven narrative around the arena fights. Like Torg will ask you to go do stuff for you. Will ask you to do stuff in between the arena fights and go get stuff. But it's it's very much like the uh, Underdome DLC, but with just more story and more progression and more meaningful stuff out of it. And apparently, you have Torg talking to you all the time, and he's like he's think of like 1980s action movie manly man, sort of like Arnold or uh, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. Or like mm-hmm. uh, Jesse Ventura, just going like, "Oh yeah, let's go blow some stuff up." Can you believe there are stuff on Pandora that aren't blown up yet? So that kind of guy in your ear all the time, telling mm-hmm. you to kill stuff. So yeah, so it's it's an arena, but with a bit more meat. So they're claiming, so because you know, Mad Moxie, Mad Moxie was the worst Borderlands One DLC. Yeah. It was a bunch of arenas. You got no experience. You barely got any weapons. It was just mind numbing at a certain point. So if they can. People do like arena modes, though. So if they can actually put an arena mode in there that has a story and it's fun to go through and it's actually funny and you actually get stuff for it, why not? And it's going to be $10, uh, 800 Microsoft points, and it is out on November 20th, the same day as the new Skyrim DLC. So no one's going to play this unless you have a season pass. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. People like Borderlands too. Why wouldn't they play it just because Skyrim DLC is out? Skyrim's a year old. Oh, but come on. This one's like more... Well, fine, fine. Go play your arena for five minutes. It's free with the season pass. People just don't like arena stuff, huh? Some do. Some do. And some people want more story stuff. So this is like a mix of the two. I don't know how much story. I don't know how much arena. But apparently, if you want to read an actual hands-on impression, the only people who actually seem to have played the game are the people at Joystick. So go check out the Joystick review. I mean, impression. So there you go. Boom. Headshot. All right. So, Chris, you you hear about this? You hear about this? This deus ex human revolution stuff? So, it looks like this movie's actually happening. Yeah. That's that's the story for me here. (laughs) This thing's still happening. Yeah, because, you know, we... You're right. We hear about movies all the time, and now they're actually announcing we got this guy to write this one. We have this guy on to direct it. So, yeah, Deus Ex Human Revolution is becoming like an actual movie. And they signed the guy who made the movie Sinister, Scott uh, Drexen. Anyone watch Sinister? No? I did not. I thought that movie wasn't good from what I hear. Apparently he's... Oh, man. Look, look, look here's some highlights of his career. The Exorcism of Emily Rose. The 2008 remake of The Day the Earth Stood Still. And Sinister, his most recent project. So, this Deus Ex Human Revolution movie is in is in good hands. Um, why did I watch The Day of the Earth Stood Still? It must have had a really cute guy in it. Keanu Reeves was the... <laughs> oh, but this time they were destroying the Earth not because we had atomic weapons, but because of global warming. Humans are destroying the Earth, so we shall destroy humans before you can destroy the planet. I'm Keanu Reeves. I was paid $20 million for this role. Is that how that works? (laughs) Okay, let me give you the quote. The quote from uh, his co-writer on Sinister. Oh, yeah. Okay, according to Deadline, Drexen will pen the Deus Ex script with C. Robert Cargill, his co-writer on Sinister. Deus Ex is a phenomenal cyberpunk game with soul and intelligence. 
by combining amazing action and tension with big philosophical ideas. Deus Ex is smart, ballsy, and will make one hell of a movie. Cargill and I can't wait to bring it to the big screen. This movie's gonna suck balls. Anyway, yeah, this is about to, this is sound very promising, but I don't remember what Sinister is because a whole bunch of horror movies come out around the same time with very similar with very similar titles like Sinister and Insidious. Uh, they were the same trailer as well, from what I could tell. What was that one? They were the same trailer, from what I could tell as well. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, Sinister is the one with Ethan Hawke and. <laughs> I know what movie this one is. This is the one with the with Bagul, Bagul, the child, the eater of children's souls. I, I was watching a red letter media. Uh, they sort of have, they have a show called Half in the Bag where they do movie reviews, and they said a really poignant thing about like sort of just it was spot on. The the monster Bagul sounded like something from the Ghostbusters cartoon show that Egon would have read out of the book of monsters. Egon, you know, you can imagine Egon opening up the book going, Bagul, the eater of children's souls, is a pagan deity who, it's like. That's nice, Egon. Let's just go get him. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Look, for, I'm looking forward to Deus Ex Human Revolution. It's a ballsy game with soul. I know it could be a good movie. I'll, I'll I'll be I'll be the first one to eat crow if it turns out to be actually pretty entertaining. Yeah. But what was the last good video game movie, if ever? Hmm. Don't know. I know Wreck-It Ralph doesn't count because that's not really like strictly a video game movie. I still Silent need to see that film. Silent Hill was okay. Silent Hill 3D was terrible. Uh, Mortal Kombat 1 is fun in a very the 90s were awesome and rad kind of way. Yeah, the 90s. Yeah. Woo! Copy Street Fighter then. Oh, but that's also cool in the same way. Jean-Claude yeah. Van Damme. I love how he's Guile, the American. Oh. He can barely speak English. My mother is obsessed with him. Is she going to watch the new, uh, the new what's it called, uh, Universal Soldier movie? Oh, I'm sure she is. It looks so bad. It looks so bad. Ah, uh, the muscles from Brussels. The uh, muscles you know you... from Brussels, really? You know the yeah, big... that's, that's yep. Van Damme's nickname, you know. That was oh, his nickname, okay. like when he was big in the 80s. And then, like, the 90s. You know what I would say, though? What, one Van Damme movie that's actually really worth watching is JCVD, which is, like, really surreal and sort of, like, takes so it's like a surreal look at his life and what it's like to be Jean-Claude Van Damme and, like, doing drugs. And at some point, it's, like, half mockumentary and then it turns into an action movie by the end. And it's just this really interesting look at Jean-Claude Van Damme. And it tackles stuff like his drug use and all that stuff. It's, it's interesting. It works because of all the stuff you know about Jean-Claude. Mm. Jean-Claude. Okay. Cool. <laughs> cool. There's no energy in this show this week. <laughs> no. Bastion's coming to iPhone and iPod Touch with the Universal it's app update. It's already out. It's already out. Oh, you're right. It is already out. So if you've been only able to play it on iPad and you're like, I want to play it on my iPhone. Well, now you can. Yeah. Universal the- free update. It's still five bucks in the store and people seem to really like it. People also seem to really like Dragon Quest Seven. Apparently, I was really wrong about that game. So people like Dragon Quest Seven, and uh, they are excited about new features coming for the remake for 3DS. It still hasn't been announced to come out in the U.S., but here we go. Um, they are going to get uh, background maps improved. Uh, the 2D character sprites are going to be remade into 3D character models. And uh, let's see. There's going to be maps for bottom screen navigation through towns. 
And there's also going to be Street Pass support. The series fans remember DQ9 on the regular DS where you could ran- earn randomly generated treasure maps and game that led to treasure embossed grottos that could be shared with friends. The special tablets in Dragon Quest Seven appear to be similar functionality. Um, you'll also be able to get uh, special tablets that can whisk you away to new places in treasure, uh, assuming you find where these spots are located. Um, tablets have names like Deep Isolated Cave, Slime Laden Forest, and Wide Coast with a Good View. And uh, I guess, yeah, it'll be very similar to how it worked in Dragon Quest IX. Um, yeah. When will that be out in Japan? Soon? February. Cool. February. Um, also interesting, and I wish Michael was here so I could rub this in his face a little bit. Heartbeat, the studio that made Dragon Quest VI and Seven, and then ceremoniously disappeared during the localization of Seven in the U.S. Um, unceremoniously disappeared, sorry. Uh <laughs> They, the developer who founded Heartbeat before launching a new game, a uh, new studio called Genius Sonority, tweeted earlier that uh, after a 10-year hiatus, Heartbeat will be relaunching in 2013 and will approach game development with a different business perspective than what has been done in the past. <laughs> uh, and the weird part is they originally cited rising costs of game development as why they got out of game development, and apparently they think jumping in in 2013 is going to have lower costs of game developments. Which means they're going exclusively iOS. I guess so. They're going to be mobile only, but I mean, it, no, the but guys you know, already the... got a mobile studio, so I don't know what's going on. That's how you make it cheap, right? So Genius Sonority is the studio that made Dragon Quest Swords and Pokemon Coliseum. So they haven't been making a ton of games, so I guess they're not mobile. But uh, apparently they want to make another one. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, whatever. <laughs> That's the news for this week, guys. That's all I got. Cool. Uh, so cool. cool. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so here's what else I have for you. We've got some uh, new releases, namely uh, that Raider Z thing coming out, and of course Persodon Four Golden's coming out for your Vita. That's this week. If you've been looking forward to that, go. Yep. I know we'll have a review up there soon because I know Adrian was working on it. Yeah, Adrian. Of. I mean, if Anna's almost done, Adrian should be done. Oh, he okay. has done. He's actually sort of working on the review. Okay, good. at the moment. So yeah. And uh, we have reviews up that went up this past week for Project X-Zone on 3DS. I don't know what that's about. What is X-Zone that's about? That's the massive crossover thing that's in Japan. Oh, it's a Japan oh. review. Oh, yeah, cool. but it's it's that game that has sort of characters from loads you know, and loads that, of series. You know, that game I really want. Oh, is it a mecha that game? One. No, no, no. It just features characters from uh, Super Robot Wars. <laughs> it's, Who's in this? It's a kind what? Loads of people. It's got uh, it's got characters from Tail series. Um, it's basically it's a pseudo it's a, it's a pseudo sequel to three different games. It's a pseudo sequel to Namco X Capcom, and it's also a pseudo sequel to uh, the Endless Frontier Super Robot Wars spin-offs. Really? If that makes sense. yeah. So it's got anime characters and Namco characters and Capcom characters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's got characters from Sakura Wars, not that much. <laughs> what? Uh, it's got Sakura Wars, Tekken, Darkstalkers, Super Robot Wars, Xenosaga. It's all over the place. Oh, and if you case you're wondering, there's plenty of cleavage. Apparently. Of I'm looking uh, at, the review, at the review right now. It's like, that's the last screenshot. Michael's pretty positive on the game. Michael Baker, our Japanese guy, he's, uh, he's liking that. Um, our it Japanese gave it a 4.0. Yeah, 4.0. Yeah. Project X is the reason I want a 3DS. Ah, okay. 
so let me do plus and minus. It references more than 30 games. Character graphics are well adapted. Battles are filled with awesome, and soundtrack is very extensive. The only negative is the game progression is super linear. Yeah, right. A sizable game, like 40 to 60 hours. That's a lot of fan service. Okay. Um, this is weird. There's some other game that we got a review up for called The Real Texas. The Real Texas? I don't understand this one. Uh, yeah. The Real it's Texas. It's an indie game, I think. Yeah, it must be an indie game. It actually got a good score. Um, go check out the review of The Real Texas. Also, check out Ragnarok Odyssey. We got a review up of that. Um, Alex, do you have a review of Tactics coming? Uh, yeah, at some point. At some point? This week. Yep, yeah. yep. I need to start writing it first. We've oh. got a... Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you're right. You are about to mention it. Paper Mario Sticker Star Review. Yep. And a Harvest Moon, A New Beginning Review. Man, review season's here. And everything... Which game on that whole list would you think would have gotten the worst score? Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, that's not what I would expect, honestly. Yeah. Oh, and it did. Um, but just slightly above that was uh, Paper Mario. The the sticker it's star. barely an RPG. From yeah, what I hear. apparently it's barely an RPG. Um, so please, people, go read the review on that one before you go rushing out for that. Um, this is no thousand year door, is what it sounds like. Yeah, it's uh, there's you only get like XP. I mean, you only get like HP gains at certain story points. There's no experience points. If anything, like fighting battles is more of a pain, so you want to avoid them because you use up resources. You don't get anything out of it except like money. Well, it's easy to get more stickers though, so. Yeah, but, but like that's—I don't think that's good. Like good for an RPG, like just avoiding most battles because you're just like, eh, I don't get yeah, anything out of it. Okay. What's the point? That's a good point. Yep. Hmm. Okay. Excuse me. Wow. Cool. Let's just say cool. cool. That's that's the yeah. title for the show, isn't it? Cool. Cool. Ellipses and then cool. Oh man, I messed up some extra life prize stuff, and I've been dealing with that on email during the show. Just. Shouldn't be distracted with email during the show. Here's a tip: if you go on a podcast, never do email during a show, ever. Just cool. Don't do that. Cool. cool. <laughs> Anything to leave people with? Uh, do we have a question for everyone? Yeah, everyone did pretty well with the the music question. They all proved me wrong. Hmm. So, do we have a nice question? How for many everybody? games do you need to have on a system before you'll buy it? That's actually that's legit. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. What's the tipping point for you to say I'm gonna buy this? Is it just one killer app, like one killer app, or do you need a library? And if so, how big is that library? <laughs> library. Amberlance. Amberlance. Things black people say. Let's go. I don't know what you're talking about. Nothing. I dropped my R in library. Hmm. Then I said Amberlance as a joke. Okay. And then Fair I enough. said things black people say as another joke. And I explained the joke now, so it's not funny anymore. It's not funny. Unless you find that me explaining it is very funny. I'm sure one dude is laughing somewhere. Not really. No? Okay. All right. That's it. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Um, Until then, chill out, read some reviews, and uh, enjoy uh, the holiday lineup uh, run-up where you can uh, hopefully catch up on some awesome games. Bye, everybody. Cool. Cool. Bye-bye. Cool. Bye now. Cool.